Hey, it's episode seven of the TV Junk Podcast, and this is Ms. Marvel. Damn that television! What a bad picture! Don't get upset! My name is Greg. Thanks for coming on to the show. Don't forget to uh, follow us on uh, Twitter. Uh, TV Junk Podcast, and of course, you can uh, send any questions, comments, and concerns to uh, TV Junk Podcast at uh, gmail.com. On the show tonight, we've got uh, Nuno. You're back, Nuno. How's it going, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you, Greg? Fantastic. We've got uh, Dax, fresh from uh, crushing it in beach volleyball. Oh, just smashing it all over the place. Yep, we're here. Victorious. What's up, everybody? Were you just like uh, packing people right in the face with monster spikes? Uh, I managed to jump for one spike and jump six hours early. So I did that nice Good. little fingertip flub where it's like, oh, yeah. oh, I missed that one. Yeah. So no, I wasn't. But we had some nice digs and stuff of that. So it was good. Good game. But did it go over the net? Yes, it did. And that's all that really matters. Yeah. yeah it wasn't the prettiest, but it went over. And uh, uh, joining us for the for for a Marvel Marvel podcast uh, for the first time, it's uh, it's Sean. Sean, how's it going? Going great. Happy to be here. I mean, I am honored to be uh, in the presence of the panel here. So uh, <laughs> I'll try to add something to the conversation. Well, you you must have been some sort of a comic book fan growing up. Yeah, I mean, I I guess Marvel was never my thing to be oh. to begin with. Uh, <laughs> so I don't, I don't have. I mean, if I was one or the other, I was probably DC. But um, you know, obviously following all the the movies and uh and tv shows now i've i've you know gone back and read some comics here and there i actually did read uh the one miss marvel trade paperback to try and prep a little bit today well, you've so, already done you know, more than i have so uh you're ahead of the game i think here was there a mask comic based on the animated series and, and toy line there, well <laughs> I think there, there was I think there was a miniseries i think there was four yeah. comic miniseries because i remember it was at my dad's warehouse yeah yeah and then they they did relaunch it not that long ago. I can't remember what uh, publisher that was now, but yeah, they did a new one a couple of years back. Sean, I thought you were going to say that uh, you were one of those guys that uh, stepped into comics with, uh, with the launch of image comics back in the, uh, in the nineties. Well, I, I, I kind of was ah. in a way, like, I mean, and, and so I, this is, uh, I'll get a plug in early. Like I just did a, an indie comic with my brother uh, called Garden City, and we we just recorded a little podcast, kind of talking about the making of it, and that was one of the things that came up is we both kind of got into comics through Image, uh, really more than more than Marvel or DC. So yeah, we were that we was were a there. big time for sure. It, it was it was the the hot company uh, that's for sure. Um, so uh, unfortunately, like the 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 last time we did uh, did a Marvel show, we did Moon Knight, and we kind of. Uh, Gave a little tribute to a couple of artists um, who had passed away, and uh, uh, Justin, I think it was last month, uh, Tim Sale. Uh, he passed away. He was a, a tremendous artist, uh, probably most famous for Batman: The Long Halloween uh, and Dark Victory, and he did a bunch of uh, Marvel stuff as well, uh, like Spider-Man Blue and, and Hulk Gray, and just uh, a very interesting style of of art um uh, as someone who kind of you know grew up with um like the like the john byrne art or you know neil adams art and and things like that um tim sale stuff was was a lot different for me and uh, i kind of gravitated towards because it was it was so different and um and just you know great stories as as well and uh i, I imagine you guys were 
fans of his as well. Yep, definitely. For sure. I yeah. wasn't a, a huge, like I would, I would, didn't know him by name. Like he's not on my list of people that inspired me kind of thing, but his stuff is very, like if I had, I guess it's probably just because I didn't, I didn't do DC a lot. So if the bulk of his stuff like that I see on like Superman, I would have really liked, cause it does have a very cartoony look to it. Kind of like an art Adams vibe kind of in a way, you know what I mean? Would be like my, my comparison, but, uh, it, but also got a little bit of that Magnolia vibe to it too with this, Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Wax, but yeah, no, yeah, it's a uh, shame for sure. But so we'll we'll, we'll dedicate this episode to uh, to Mister uh, Tim Sale. Um, all right, so uh, let's start with. Uh, I mean, obviously, with Moon Knight had a, a much richer history, so we we were able to get a bit of a discussion about um, our own histories with that character. Uh, but Ms. Marvel. Uh, obviously a much newer character, uh, someone that was created um, kind of long after I, I'd stopped uh, uh, really reading in the comics. So she was not a character that I was very familiar with. I think the first time I'd ever really heard of her was um, the launch of the, that Avengers video game that she was a part of. That was uh, just from a couple of years ago. And that's kind of how uh, I was introduced to, to that character. Um, so she was uh she was created back in uh, 2013 um, by Sana Aminat, uh, G. Willow Wilson, and uh, Adrian Alfona. Um, uh, I guess uh, so. The story behind it was that uh, uh, Marvel was going through this thing where they wanted to get a little more representation in a lot of their characters, and Miles Morales uh, was one of was someone that was created, and um, they wanted a, a Muslim character and and i guess they kind of started uh, this whole thing of trying to uh, be a little more di- diverse uh, in that time and so this was one of the characters that was created now originally uh the creators wanted ms marvel to be uh, a mutant and we'll get into mm, that a little later interesting. Okay, okay yeah so but at the time uh as uh you know the 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 MCU films were already uh, starting, um, and uh, so basically Marvel had that edict that like any new characters uh, could not be created as mutants because then automatically Fox would get get the rights to to do film and television with those characters, and so uh, to get around that, um, anyone that th- any any character that they wanted to be a mutant, they wanted to have them just be an inhuman because that was a, a a franchise of characters that Marvel still owned the rights to in, in, uh, in Disney as well. So they could continue to uh, put those types of characters in TV shows and, uh, and interesting, movies. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. So they, they, they changed how they were going to introduce uh, Ms. Marvel into the Marvel comics universe. Um, so then they, they kind of made her an inhuman by being exposed to the Terrigen mist, which was a whole, crazy story that's in the comic that uh i mean i i also picked up that first graphic novel no normal and um i was a little confused that just uh just from the comic book so um i was kind of glad they didn't go uh, into the whole inhumans thing which is even a, a crazier uh story in in with the whole mcu because I'm, I'm sure you guys remember that at that famous comic-con a few years ago when marvel released all the images of all of their movies that were gonna happened to the end of uh, the whole Thanos saga. And the Inhumans was like the last movie after the second part of uh, 
of the Avengers Infinity War saga. And that started a huge battle because Kevin Feige wanted to use the Inhumans, but Jeff Loeb, who was in charge of Marvel Television, wanted to use the Inhumans on his terrible shows like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then then uh, he wanted to have the Inhumans uh, as a television show. And so Jeff Loeb won that fight, mm-hmm. kind of like the first loss that Kevin Feige had. And uh, and then so that that Inhumans television show, which I think I watched the first episode, it's super terrible and uh, completely unwatchable. So then I guess Feige on his side said, you know what? Forget it. We're, we're not even going to talk about Inhumans anymore. We're not really going to focus anything. And then when they got... Uh, the the rights from Fox, then I guess it didn't really matter anymore because they they now can uh, can start using the they they couldn't even use the word mutant That's or mutation great. I didn't know that. in any of their stuff. So, um, spoiler alert, uh, you know <laughs> this becomes a, a big deal at at uh, the end of this uh, season of of Ms. Marvel. So yeah, so a pretty crazy story behind uh, the creation of the character and why she was not a mutant and why she was an inhuman and um. I think it's going to be a very, very long time before Feige actually uses anything that's beyond just having, you know, Black Bolt, Black Bolt in uh, Doctor Strange and having his head get exploded. And so I, I think uh, he's kind of sour <laughs> on those characters. So I think it'll be quite a I while. Think that was that. almost a symbolic move there, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it, it probably was. Uh, it seems to me this guy holds grudges. <laughs> so, and, and that's why, you know, they don't consider the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show canon. That's why they don't consider, like, the uh, the Agent Carter show uh, part of the MCU canon, really. And so I, I suppose it's kind of lucky that they're somewhat considering the Netflix shows uh, just to keep everything into w- in one nice little bubble there. But all right, so uh, yeah, beyond uh, that's kind of how I was introduced to the character, just from the video game, and that's how I'd kind of heard of her. And then I started watching the show, and then I picked up the graphic novel, and and you know, so my introduction to this character is fairly new. And Sean, I'm assuming you're the in the same boat. Boat, you had no idea really who she was until recently. Yeah, I mean, the video game was was my entry point as well, which I thought was actually a pretty strong entry point. Like, I really liked her character she's kind of the one that pulls you in to the story in that game like and and she's like this fan of the avengers and stuff so i really like that um but yeah i mean i guess the one thing i'm wondering about though like wasn't there an earlier version of miss marvel isn't that what that like yeah. other costume is about in the yeah. graphic novel and stuff yeah like, so in in like the 70s and 80s when they introduced carol danvers and uh, uh gave her the mantle of of miss marvel they gave a essentially like a swimsuit costume because that was the the time that it was and you know any all the female characters were very buxom and you know had bare legs and stuff so it was kind of a uh a skimpy costume and it was it was it was red at first and she had kind of um ear length hair and then uh, and then she got the like the black swimsuit with the thigh high boots and the long blonde hair and and that kind of carried into i think probably the late 80s even early 90s as that character was uh, still around, but yeah, she used to go by uh, Ms. Marvel and there was a whole weird storyline uh, in with the X-Men where uh, yeah. like rogue showed up and she stole all of Carol Danvers powers and memories. And that's why rogue is, is, is powerful like she is. And um, then Ms. Marvel, like Carol Danvers kind of hung out with the X-Men for a while in that Chris Claremont run. And um, 
she kind of hooked up with like the star jammers and and became like a character named binary it was it was very very strange and now she's finally back in in the role of of captain marvel but yeah there was a there was a long uh break in between having uh like uh uh you know carol danvers as part of um like the marvel comics universe well that was my introduction to uh segue of miss marvel was and I believe I talked to you about this, Greg, was I was always confused because that costume that Kamala Khan wears is like a, a throwback to the Miss Marvel costume that I saw. And that's when she was Carol Danvers. And I only I didn't know her as Carol Danvers. I only knew of her because I really got into comics around the X-Men run, uh, the right. Sylvester run and all that kind of stuff. So it was like in the 80s. And that was when Rogue was there and she was always having flashbacks. And she and I, I in my early knowledge of all the, the powers, was that that's where she got her powers from. She overabsorbed Miss Marvel or uh Carol Danvers and actually took permanently all her powers and that was, and uh, so that's where I knew of her from. So when I, this Kamala Khan version, I didn't know about until, well, I didn't know I'd I'd seen her in some things, but I didn't really know anything about her until I had to do a drawing of her in the uh, giant size little Marvel's uh, pinup poster or intro uh, page that we did. And she was in, there was, we we had a really sweet long, uh, uh, title page of like the tree of house and all that stuff. And I had, and I got to draw her in there and uh, it was a lot of fun to do her, but uh, like stretching her arm out and stuff. So I had very, very, I didn't even know what her powers were going into this show. I was like, I don't know what's happening. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was my, my jump off point for Kamala Khan as Marvel. No, what about you? Um, there was a YouTube series years ago called um, Marvel, Marvel rising. And I think it's on Disney Plus now. And uh, it was like this, it was like five minute shorts. And uh, it followed um, Gwen Stacy as Ghost Spider. And in that, um, Ghost Spider's kind of like, she's kind of up against uh, other up and coming um, superheroes. And so, uh, yeah, Ms. Marvel, Kamala Khan showed up, uh, accompanied by Squirrel, Squirrel Girl. The uh, unstoppable Squirrel Girl, and uh, they had really fun interplay. So um, that's when I first saw her powers and her weird, almost like Reed Richards esque, like stretching and like growing abilities. So uh, yeah, that was a show that I used to watch with my kids a few years ago. So you mentioned uh, Reed Richards, and uh, I'm wondering if, if maybe, I mean that they they changed uh because her powers in the television show are different than than what's in in the original source material and i'm wondering if maybe they changed it because they know that the fantastic four is coming and they wanted to have the powers just a little bit uh different from what uh, mr fantastic uh is so uh, i'm wondering if that's the reason why they they changed it just a little bit yeah i'd I'd heard that that they they didn't want them to resemble Mr. Fantastic, but also I'd imagine budget wise, those visuals would be, would be pretty hard to pull off. Like I was surprised, like even in, uh, in, in the multiverse of madness, like Sam Raimi, who's like, you know, known for doing like kind of weird visuals. He didn't even attempt to really show any of, uh, of Reed's like stretching powers. Like there's yeah, barely any in it. Right. I, I think there's, I think, I, I think it's not pull battle when they do relaunch the fantastic four of having like a photorealistic, you know, actor's head on a body, which is pretty much like, you know, stretch Armstrong. Like I, 
I don't know if they're going to be able to pull it off, but I, I'm waiting to see whether, whether they can. Well, the, uh, the, the, the special effects and CGI artists, uh, I, I'm not sure if they, if, if, if Disney plus and all and Marvel themselves are, are either hiring enough of them or if they're, or if they're just not paying what they should be paid. Um, because it has been like the last few things that have come out in the, and the few things that we have seen that are going to come out. Uh, a lot of people are talking about, you know, how the special effects and the CGI isn't that great. So I, I think, uh, Marvel might need to, uh, uh, you know, pull up their socks a little bit and, and start paying these guys a little bit yeah. more and, and maybe hiring some more people to, to help because, uh, it, it's the one thing that does kind of stand out. However, I, I will say in, in the show, uh, I didn't notice it uh, as as much as I did in that terrible She-Hulk trailer. <laughs> I haven't Heather? seen the She-Hulk trailer actually. I feel oh, like you this, haven't seen it yet. No, I got to watch it. This this um, just to piggyback on that. I feel like Marvel has shot themselves in the foot, unfortunately. And the problem is that the, the movies are so you know like high budget and you know like that. I don't think that these show like as for a TV show, the effects are actually really good in these. Mar- the Disney ones, and like, if you think about it, overall they've got they're definitely at the point for the most part, I would say, where you're like, yeah, that's you're like almost movie level CG, but then there's problems with some bits that really stand out, and I think people nitpick on it too much, to be fair. But because they have such a high level cap for their stuff, that people are going to say, oh, this isn't the same. Why aren't you, you know, you know, they're supposed to be these epic shows, like they're clearly more budget than the, than the movies, you know, like pay the people more or whatever. Like I, I would, I don't have a problem with that. Like I would love to see it be little, little movies, like per the same effect level as the other ones, but I kind of expect it to look the way it does, to be honest. And considering it with this show specifically, Miss Marvel, there were some issues, but I think that they really designed around it pretty well. Like the stretching thing. I know I came back late there uh, when Nuno was talking about the stretching and I agree that it's hard when you got a face and then the rest is all stretching. I think they handled this one considerably well with the budget that they had because like the proportions that they made her when she was stretching and stuff like that was kind of universal. So you could tell that it was only her head was the normal thing. Do you know what I mean? So it's like it wasn't as jarring as say if it was supposed to be super. And of course the glowing lights and all that stuff helped a lot too. Like it's not, you know, her skin actually deforming as much as it is the, uh, the, the magic stuff. So I thought they did a pretty decent job with that. But Just on the uh, CG thing, th- there's like a huge kind of groundswell of backlash against Marvel right now because they apparently, you know, are setting super tight deadlines mm-hmm. for all the CG effects work. And they're like constantly changing things. And that is wreaking havoc on all the effects artists work and uh, a lot of them are yeah super underpaid and uh there's been some people posting online their experiences working for marvel movies and shows and uh is not sounding good for marvel right now so i, I don't know what's going to come out of it but uh that is definitely a talking point right now well i mean like uh, i've been out of the industry for a very long time but anyone i've talked to in the industry the effects industry it's it's still a, they're still a way overworked and underpaid, you know, for the most part, like the people that do all the grunt work and stuff, you know, are not paid. As, you know, it's kind of like when I came out of school, I was so hungry for work in animation movies and you're going to be on a Marvel movie or you're going to be, you know, Star Wars movie, whatever that that you of course you're going to take it. You want it. And that's what they these companies prey on that. You know what I mean? Like they they've got a million people to choose from. So, you know, why pay more? You know what I mean? And I think 
I think that um, uh, society or the way that this whole social media thing is outing people and companies, I think we might start to see more of uh, more of these things like raises. And I'm hoping anyway, because they deserve it. I mean, it's just true. It's insane the amount of work that they do. And uh, yeah, from what I've heard, it's not everything you said sounds right. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, and I, and it's not just Disney Plus. I mean, like, there's questionable stuff on, on Netflix and and Amazon oh, anything Prime to do with, and, and all anything that. to do with VFX, like anything, yeah. like they're always vastly underpaid, as far as I know, for the most part. I'm sure there's people that make good money in some companies that probably pay well, but I think your general low level VFX animator isn't, you know, bringing home crazy cash. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I think Stranger Things, they said the last two episodes when they dropped, they like, the, the effects weren't done. They actually like uploaded a new version the same day that it was launching yeah. with updated effects because it was like right down to the wire. So it's like just changes constantly coming in and and then they're the last kind of line of defense when it comes to that stuff. So You also have to think too, there's also when it comes to computer effects and VFX, there's a rendering time component to it as well. And I don't know, I'm sure it's gotten faster than it used to be, but I remember back in the day, like like old school uh, computer animation stuff, like the Pixar stuff, like there was talk in the beginning of where it would take, you know, a day to render out a scene or even longer probably just because of the amount of like, you know, and the massive computing power to do it and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure it's gotten much faster now, but there is still definitely a rendering component to this uh, thing. You don't just finish the scene and then it's done, you know, so... Yeah. So let's uh, let's pay these people a little more because I mean, like the the people that are watching these shows, and and for the most part, are are, are the hardcore fans and the and, and the people that have kind of been in it from the beginning, and and almost as much as people want to see their favorite characters in in television and in movies, they they want those characters to look cool, and so you know, that's it's almost as important. So. You know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's, it's super, uh, annoying, uh, for someone like me to, uh, you know, to get excited and, and to, to watch something and just have it look like trash. So, and, and, you know, they got some money, they, they can pay yeah. these people a little bit more and like, give yeah, them more, more time. People. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And like, there's a lot of stuff coming down. Like, you know, we don't need something new every two months. You know, so I, I know they want subscribers and stuff like that, but there's lots of stuff on there. All right. So let's get into uh, talking about uh, Ms. Marvel. It's uh, six episodes on uh, Disney Plus, uh, created by uh, Bishake uh, Ali and starring Aman Vellani, uh, Matt Lentz, and uh, Zenobia Shroff. Um, Kamal is a superhero fan with an imagination, particularly when it comes to Captain Marvel. Uh, Kamala feels like she doesn't fit in at school and sometimes even at home. That is until she gets superpowers like the heroes she's looked up to. So, uh, Sean, um, what we did for Moon Knight, uh, because there were a bunch of different arcs, we kind of separated it. There was like the first two episodes were uh, in the city, two episodes were in Egypt, and the kind of the final stuff was like the hospital and and the stuff on in the, the plane of planes of the dead and all that. So this was kind of, I figured we'll, we'll do the first three episodes. We'll talk to them as a group, which was in Jersey city. Um, and then two episodes in, in Pakistan. And then the last, the, the finale episode, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll split it up that way. So, um, New Jersey is, uh, is becoming kind of a, a go-to place for, uh, Marvel and the MCU. Um, like, 
so like like in in Captain America the First Avenger like Camp Lehigh where uh that was set in in New Jersey and so a lot of the stuff in in Winter Soldier when when they're at the the base camp uh that's so that's New Jersey uh WandaVision like Westview what that's in New Jersey and now we're back again with uh, in, in Jersey City with Ms Marvel and I don't know if they were just building this up just so we can start getting some Bon Jovi references into these shows. <laughs> oh, but yeah. uh, am, uh, the MCU loves New Jersey. Well, I guess I don't it know ma- why. Doesn't it make sense just because like New York is kind of the center of Marvel. So then if you start going out to suburbs and stuff like that, you're going to be in New Jersey. Like, I, I, I just assume that's part of it, but I don't know if there's a better reason for it. Possibly, I'm I'm wondering if it's a uh, it's it's another one of those uh, long plays that uh, you know uh, we're going to find out that certain types of of humans with genetic mutations might be coming up uh, in one specific area that might be linked back to a, a previous event, maybe because of what happened in WandaVision. Who knows? Uh, but uh, uh, it it just feels like. Uh, there's it's a bigger picture of something but anyway so uh the first three episodes uh, kind of centers around uh, kamala and in, in high school life and we get introduced to her friends um who uh, almost right away i got uh like feelings of buffy the vampire slayer and the scooby gang um you know because there's you know like bruno he's like the xander and nakia's like the the willow and uh uh who's the uh, uh zoe is kind of like cordelia it's like they kind of have the same dynamic and maybe it's it's pretty similar into like a lot of high school groups in these shows but i, I definitely got a big uh buffy the vampire slayer uh from this group and then uh so she uh she gets the the bangle which is this uh piece of jewelry from her uh grandmother that gets sent over from india and that's kind of how she uh, discovers that she's got these uh, powers. So let's kind of start talking about the first three episodes. And Nuno, what what did you think about the kind of the opening of the the, the introduction of the characters and and where the story kind of took us in that first part? Um, you know what? Um, for a show that uh, this is probably the first Disney Plus series I can think of, which doesn't rely on star power or really any well-known North American actors. And um, I kind of liked that you didn't, you know, they were starting from scratch uh, characters again, not from any other um, film or series. And uh, the first episode didn't totally hook me, but I still enjoyed it. I think the main actor, what's her name? Uh, Iman Vellani. I thought she was very natural. Um, I got like overall, like you were getting Scooby and Buffy vibes. I was getting early Spider-Man vibes. Like I always found Spider-Man was a, was a very relatable character. That was probably part of his success when he first came out. Like Stan Lee was really into making um, accessible every man, even like young teenage characters. So this felt like it really had that same spirit as Spider-Man. And then and so I always loved Spider-Man for that. You know, he's, he's got the financial issues. He's got to have a job. He's got unrequited love and teenage angst and bullies. Um, what was interesting about 
uh, Ms. Marvel is that on top of all that stuff that's kind of reminiscent of Spider-Man, um, I related to the immigrant experience or having, you know, immigrant parents, first generation Canadian, like I'm a first generation Canadian. Um, and uh, having strict parents, like the first episode, her parents are like, crazy strict. Um, and having like a very serious, like religious centered upbringing. I totally related to all of that. Um, and uh, I like the humor. I thought that the, the balance was good in the introduction of everyone. Um, maybe the dad uh, hulked out in green. <laughs> getting, oh, yeah. getting ready for Avengers yeah. Con was, was a bit too much. I think that was maybe the one thing which kind of I thought was a bit over the top. But otherwise, I thought that was a pretty good intro. Um, I'm, I'm curious. I've never read any comics with, this, with uh, Kamala Khan. Is the bangle at all in the comic, or is that invented no. for? Okay, yeah, right. yeah, because her powers are just come from uh, uh, like this. I think they call it the Terrigen Mist, yeah, and yeah. is what uh, releases like uh, uh, the Inhuman uh, okay. gene, I guess, that's, inside you. That's funny so, though, because yeah. I uh, sorry to interrupt, but the drawing I did was based on off of a Scotty Young design, obviously, because it was a a little Marvel character, and he drew her with a gold bangle on but it wasn't like that it was kind of just like you know, like the african style where there's like six gold bands like uh, bar like you know like, like the giant hoop earring kind of things like on her wrist so i don't know like that i always thought like that was a very much because her costume is very limited like that we drew it was just like the shirt with the cape or the uh scarf right. and then the bangle so i don't i don't know i guess i don't know why he would put that on there but yeah i, I was just gonna say one, one last thing with the bangle it confirms something I'm thinking about where um, like the MCU or maybe Kevin Feige, they're obsessed with cosmic jewelry, right? It's like yeah. uh, a bit of this also it reminded me a little bit of, of Shang-Chi and the, the Ten Rings um, as well with, you know, how the, the bit of jewelry has like a cosmic origin um, is kind of passed down to the family. Um, so, yeah. And I mean, the entire first three phases were, all about collecting uh, jewelry and <laughs> getting an Infinity Gauntlet. So uh, I don't know. I guess got to keep it going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So in that in that third episode, when we kind of get like the backstory behind the the bangle and and where it comes from, and and uh, you know it's it's around the the it's around a severed blue arm when they first yes. find it. So um, that tells me it's it's like Cree in origin. And I don't know if you saw that in that that episode where they find the bangle and there's a shot that's overhead when the 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 temple that they're in is kind of collapsing on the floor are the images of the ten rings. Oh wow. Okay. Hmm. So it is obviously going to get uh, connected uh with the stuff that we were kind of introduced with at the end of Shang-Chi in the in the stinger with Captain Marvel and Bruce Banner and 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 Wong and how they kind of talked about it was something else. So I think it that is going to end up getting connected and um but the cool thing about the bangle like for when I when I was reading the comics when I first started one of the characters that I uh, really enjoyed was the original Captain Marvel who was a Cree warrior and he, but he was a white guy and he had blonde hair. And, 
I think uh, I think in the Captain Marvel movie, uh, they kind of gave that they made that character. Um, what's her name? Uh, Warren Beatty's wife. Uh, what's her uh, I, her name? Escapes uh, me uh, now. Annette Bening. Annette Bening. So Annette Bening was that character, uh, Marvel. Um, and so, uh, but uh, in the comics, uh, uh, he had these things called the uh, uh, the Nega bands, and there were two bands, and uh, um, so like when he uh, clashed them together, he would appear on Earth, and he would switch places with a character named Rick Jones, who was Ooh. this like he was a sidekick to a lot of Marvel characters. Like uh, Rick Jones was the idiot kid playing guitar on the hood of his car. Uh, when the bomb exploded that uh, when Bruce Banner became the Hulk, like that's how Banner got uh, let out into, into the, the testing area to save uh, the kid. And, and Rick Jones was, he was teamed up with uh, Captain America for a while. Cause he was like the new Bucky, but so he was kind of like a sidekick. And so he would swap places with, uh, with Marvel, uh, whenever Marvel, you know, had to be on Earth to fight whatever. So I'm a, when they were talking about this thing, and then a second one during the show, I'm kind of assuming that this is the introduction of these two uh, bands that were kind of big in the, in Marvel comics in the late seventies. So I don't know if you guys were familiar with any of no, no. I was that, wondering what that's they were all, doing. That's all that new to me. Band. Yeah, so that's that's like seventies stuff and. And like Marvel, he he uh, he ended his character ended up getting cancer and dying, which was a uh, kind of new for Marvel at the time as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that's kind of where I think that uh, the bands are going to be because they obviously being on that blue arm makes you think of of the Kree from the Captain Marvel film. Um, so, well, Sean, as someone that. Uh, you know, you've done a lot of work with computers. Like the show opens uh, with Kamala Khan's YouTube channel, of and like, there's there's a lot of animation and stuff like that. So, as as someone that is, you know, I mean, you obviously don't have your own YouTube channel and stuff, but you've kind of done computer animation work like that. I'm assuming. So, you know, like for from when you were watching, like did, did it it felt like a like a teenager's YouTube channel to me. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, Nuno already kind of mentioned that there's a bit of a Spider-Man vibe. And I think, you know, this, the newer uh, Spider-Man movies in, in the MCU kind of have tried to add some social media elements to them. And I think they're following up with that here. And I, I think it worked pretty well. I mean, they they used uh, TikTok quite a bit, I think, in the last episode. Yeah. Uh, and I like that as well. I really liked that. I don't know what you call it, but that visual style where they would have sort of the graffiti in the background that was kind of animated that, uh, you know, I didn't re really think about it until now, but like, didn't they, I think they did that in the closing credits for uh Spider-Man homecoming, something kind of like that sort of yeah, like doodles so, yeah. on like school binders and stuff. Yeah, so exactly. that's kind of what it reminded me of. And I really liked that. Although I did feel like that, uh, element dropped out a bit in the middle of the show and then kind of came back a bit at the end. So maybe it's just more tied to the high school stuff, but, but I, I did like that quite a bit. Yeah. And, and the social media stuff. Yeah. I think it's, it, it works well in terms of uh, speaking to teenagers, I think. And I, I think it is maybe one of the better shows for kids up, up till now. Yeah. I agree with that. Nuno, no, I'm I assuming you watched it with, did you watch I, it with? Uh, I watched it with my son. Yeah. I want to get. I want to get my daughter to watch it too. 
but she just wasn't having it. I mean, she <laughs> she has a busy social life. <laughs> <laughs> she's always online with her friends when she's not, you know, when she can't see them. So I always try to watch stuff kind of in the evening before her bedtime. And that that's her time to just chill, do some Roblox, do some gaming online with her friends. So I watched with my son and yes, um, yeah, definitely has a more all ages vibe, especially um, compared to like Moon Knight where there was, uh, you know, people getting shot in the face and uh, mummies uh, viscerating people. That's all family fair. <laughs> so some of some of the, the 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 things we found out at the beginning of the show is that Scott Lang Ant Man has a podcast. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't know. I, I just kind of thought that was funny that uh, um, when I kind of think about all the Marvel heroes, he's probably the only one that likely would have one. Maybe maybe Shang Chi and um, I can't remember the name of the girl. Is his friend uh, Katie or Kate? Kate? Uh, they might have a podcast, but uh, in, in the uh, Spider-Man, the recent Spider-Man video game, uh, J. Jonah Jameson has a podcast. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of like a Alex Jones type yeah. <laughs> character, which is kind of cool. So uh, a lot of stuff that uh, people were talking about online, they were trying to figure out when this show was was set in in the MCU, like if it's uh, uh, before or, or after no way home or anything like that. But, uh, some eagle eyed people were able to spot the statue of Liberty, uh, in the skyline and the statue of Liberty did not have the captain America shield as it did in, in Spider-Man no way home. So people are thinking that this takes place after, uh, no way home. Um, but, uh, so, uh, I'm, I think they're kind of sticking to that timeline, which would be like about 20, 2025, I think is kind of where they're at right now. I don't know if we're ever going to catch up to them or not. <laughs> um, you mentioned the the big Hulk, little Hulk scene. Um, I actually kind of found, uh, I, th- I think for the most part, um, uh, Kamala Khan's family dynamic, I thought was really great. And, and probably some of the, the best uh, family stuff that we've seen in, in any of the, of the MCU. Um, like, I don't know. I, I just thought that, uh, uh, her relationship with her, her parents felt very real and her relationship with her, with her friends, uh, felt real. And, uh, I liked, um, their dinner conversations and, uh, and some of that stuff I thought was the, was the, um, kind of the best, uh, storytelling pieces uh, of the show. Like, what did you guys think about the family dynamic? I actually wrote that down as, uh, by the time, this well, real briefly, the first the first episode for me was I was like, oh, I don't know about this, and I literally binged this over the last two days, so I was kind of expecting it to be not that good, and I'm not into it. It felt very kiddie to me in the first episode and stuff. So, like Nuno, it didn't uh, for different reasons or maybe the same. It, it did. I, it didn't really grip me in the first episode, but as I watched uh, yesterday and today, I was. I started to really, it started to grow on me and, and I didn't expect that. And I, a lot of it does come down to the fact that the, the, like you said, Greg, the uh, connection seemed real, realer, you know, uh, uh, among the better uh, uh, relationships on, on, in the Marvel universe camera that we've seen. Um, the, the family dynamic did seem very cool. I, 
I found that it was very, that's why I was very interested with what Nuno said about uh, as a, a first generation Canadian and like being able to relate to it because I'm not, it, this is all like very new and it's all very in your face and it just feels very much like a culture. Sh- like we're seeing what I really respected about it is that we were it, like, it pulled no punches. It was like very Pakistani, very Muslim, very, this is their world. You know what I mean? Or like, obviously like a, uh, marveled up version, you know, happy go lucky uh, kind of version of that. But it was it was very interesting to me. I was seeing a lot of stuff for the first time, and I thought it was really cool. And the relationships, there were a lot of stereotypes in the beginning with that I you know that I would assume were stereotypes for people, but like the you know hard mom, hard dad, lots of rules, all this kind of. You're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to do that. And I really like how they got into the whole you know looking past that and, 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 you know, letting her be and, and, you know, loving her and respect all that kind of stuff. Right. Like it, it, I thought it, I thought it, all that relationship stuff by the end worked out really nicely for me anyway. What about you, Sean? Yeah. I mean, I agree. It's like one of the best things about the show. Um, you know, not, not just that it's just a, you know, a believable family dynamic, but bringing in all this cultural stuff that you don't, typically see in in a marvel movie like it really just gave the the show an interesting new angle uh, i certainly learned a lot of stuff about uh history of india and pakistan that yeah. i did not know and um yeah i mean like i just it's interesting that that stuff's in there and i even felt like they were you know i was kind of surprised they were even like poking a little bit at certain things in you know the muslim faith and stuff where it's like you know they're they're at the mosque and the, uh, the girls can't, uh, I forget exactly how it yeah, works. They're but behind like they, a screen or something. Yeah. They're behind a screen. And, and like, so calling out little things like that and, and just kind of making that part of their everyday lives like that. I, I was really impressed by that stuff. Yeah. So I've, uh, go sorry. ahead. You know? Yeah. With, with the cultural representation, I've got to say, I, I've never been to, um, uh, an Islamic, uh, wedding. So seeing the ceremony play out, I mean, if that's accurate, that was, uh, yeah, that seemed, it seemed like a very chill ceremony. Um, and then, uh, the, the Pakistani, uh, wedding reception was pretty nuts. Like, I wonder if they actually, people do spend, uh, hours or weeks putting together choreographed, like, you know, big dances. Cause, uh, yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. And, I kind of um, hope that they do. That is kind of yeah. a, a thing because uh, uh, that was one of my favorite. Again, like a lot of the stuff, the show that I really liked um, had almost nothing to do with the superhero stuff. Exactly. It was just like uh, it was it was Kamala Khan. And I think a lot of that has to do with uh, Aman Vellani, who's from Markham. She's Canadian. Oh, nice. Uh, oh, wow. uh, she's uh, uh, I think this was her first acting gig. Or I'm, maybe she did a commercial or two in, in Canada. But uh, um she was, uh, she's a big Marvel Comics fan even before she got the role. And like in interviews, uh, she shouts out the name of her favorite, com- favorite comic shop that's up in Vaughn, um, which I think is kind of cool. Uh, but uh, I think uh, like they really kind of hit the jackpot uh, finding this actress because I thought she was tremendous. And I think that uh, she was probably the main reason that all that family stuff worked because everybody else in the show, I'm, I'm assuming, were probably actors who have, who have done work before but you know having somebody that's uh, never really done that to kind of be the lead and uh i thought that's kind of what made the the show uh enjoyable for me anyway um the uh the avenger con 
I would totally go to this thing if this was a, <laughs> a thing. Um, the uh, like it was tons of Easter eggs were were all in there for it was like all fan service. Uh, I know a mutual friend of ours would probably hate all of the fan service that's in the <laughs> in that episode. I won't say who it is though. Um, and you know, I t- we talked a little bit about the the Carol Danvers costume from the seventies, like um, the character of Zoe, like she's cosplaying in something that's very very similar uh, to to what it looked like in the comics as well. So if, if that might give you a, a visual of what that costume was like. And so we, we, uh, we're, we're at the scene with the, uh, at the Avenger con. And this is kind of when, when, uh, Kamala Khan really gets to show off uh, all of her powers when, uh, she accidentally kind of sets it off during the, the, uh, the cosplay costume contest and causes a little bit of havoc and ends up saving Zoe's life. And I thought the special effects in that scene, uh, uh, were decent. Um, you know, uh, again, like, uh, the whole time I, I was watching the show, I was super nervous about what everything was going to look like. And I, I think, you know, introducing, uh, the powers towards the, the end of the episode and, and the chaos all around it in the end that Avenger con thing was, was a great way to, uh, to kind of give us a first glimpse of, of all the, the, the powers that she was able to use because they showed a bit of the stretching. Um, it showed a lot of that, the, uh, I don't know if it, it kind of looks like she's freezing the air or, or whatever is like similar to what um, it kind of remind me of Ice like, Man. like Iceman. Yeah. So um, especially with her mode of travel, it, seems, it has an Iceman vibe to it. She, I do like how they, and I'm skipping ahead here, but when she starts training and whatnot, there's a sequence where she like slides on it. And I'm like, wow, Iceman. But then yeah. she, they, they steered away from that and went to like the little foot discs. And I thought that was kind of cool. Um, However, I did have one main problem with, and I, I think it did a good job by episode two and three, or three, I'd say, kind of around the same time as Obi-Wan. I was kind of invested at this point. I was like, I kind of had the vibe of what the show was trying to do. So I didn't nitpick anything pretty much for the rest of it. However, the one sequence where she's doing her Spider-Man thing, where she's going through the city and, uh, you know, stepping around and jumping around and, and all that kind of stuff. One thing that came to my mind at the very end of that, when she meets up with the guys in the alley, is she's just run across the entire city and she's mm. jumping around and did a. She doesn't have any like super strength or anything, so like that's a hell of a lot of cardio. To, you know what I mean? Like she's <laughs> like she's doing a lot of running and jumping and hard like landing and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, but it it is what it is. It was it was it was cool. They should have had something like uh, in her locker was like a schedule for the school parkour club. Right or something yeah. that so they would oh she does this all the time that's why she's in good shape <laughs> yeah that would have been good it's an easy fix <laughs> you know what she's she's like sixteen sixteens have ba- sixteen year olds they have boundless energy right I can't remember that far yeah. back but you're absolutely right yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh, I, I, go ahead Sean sorry no, I just I was wanted to talk about her powers briefly because. You know, I, and again, like I only read that first trade paperback and, and, you know, the video game, all I remember is really the big fist, but like in the show, she basically has like a fist thing that she can do. And she has the walking on the discs. I'm trying to think like, I guess she can put up barriers or shields, but it felt like there was a lot more that she potentially could do. I didn't know, like, I don't know if they used it as much as they could have. I feel like that's where I this is where I was going to be on your side with this, Sean. But then as I finished watching the series, I was kind of like, I kind of like how they, it really did feel like she was, it was a good coming into, uh, into her powers 
story. Like she's like, I think we're just at the point now where she's only just starting to see her potential. Right. Right. By the end of the episode six. And I think that maybe they're saving it for like, or I I'm okay with it being how it was. And that maybe in the movie she's in down the line, we really get to see, cause yeah. she's really only had this power for like a, a week, two weeks, maybe I'm assuming is the length of the show. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah, it's, it's I, a good yeah. point. I mean, she, those are the things she practiced and got good at. So right. you're going to stick with those. It kind of right. makes sense. And in yeah, the second I, episode, I, she like screws up a bit with the portals, right? So she only really learns how to do the running thing by like episode four when she has her big Spider-Man through the city moment. Right. So, or whatever episode yeah. that was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to say like, yeah, in episode six, when her, her, her final showdown with the uh, department of uh, damage control. Yeah. Like I noticed like when she, uh, when she makes the big fists, they're kind of like smooth debt more. They, they don't have like the kind of weird, the rough edge jewel yeah. kind of polygon, like look to it. And then they actually gave her the extended legs that she actually walked on, which mm-hmm. kind of looked funny, but because I was familiar with kind of the visuals of the character, um, I was like, Oh, they, they're actually pulling off like somewhat the look of her with the big, big arms and legs. That's like an image that I've always seen. Yeah. So that was probably a big deal for the fans in the end. Well, Seeing and uh, similar to what, what Dak said earlier, it, it, uh, it gave, you know, Marvel a chance to, to do some, you know, CGI where they could actually use her actual head. Right. And like the, the, everything else was the stuff. So you still get the, the detail of her eyes and her mouth and it doesn't look as weird, uh, when she's, you know, big and using that stuff and so i i guess uh, when when they don't have to do special effects on the face then i think that's uh i think that's good for everybody as we're watching the show uh but nuno you mentioned uh, uh damage controller they kind of show up uh there's a stinger at the end of the first episode and it's the same guy uh from the spider-man movies uh who's part of damage control and uh so that's that's kind of like the first uh real tie-in beyond just mentioning the names of some of the other characters uh, that we get uh, to uh, the rest of the MCU. And so the second episode is, is um, you know, uh, Kamala's got uh, more confidence, you know, now that she's, uh, um, you know, used her powers and she's in the school and uh, and uh, some of the, the stuff that she was in the first episode where she was kind of... Uh, um, nervous and shy and, and now she's she's got a little bit more confidence because now she has these superpowers and we get a lot of the the training sequences and uh i do enjoy when they they spend time with uh, the training stuff especially when they're they're showing her training and she's you know failing at it and, and having to you know do it over and over again and get better at it um you know like when when uh in in the hawkeye series um you know when when kate is training and, and um and yes, she, we know she's a great archer already, but you know, when she masters the, the, the quarter flip, uh, like on her second or third try or whatever. Um, but, uh, so I, I enjoyed, uh, uh, how there was some, uh, success and fail. Um, and that there was actually that funny scene where she kind of stepped off that smaller chimney and, and Bruno had to kind of grab her arm and she's like, you gotta let me go. Just let me go. And he lets her go and she only falls like, like six Foot. inches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And so we uh, we got a lot more of uh, of uh, the relationships with uh, with her friends. So what did you guys think of of Bruno as a character? He's kind of uh, um, he's kind of like this show's like Tony Stark. He's like the the brainiac and uh, the science guy. He's got a 
a scholarship to go to Caltech, which is, um, you know, um, a smaller storyline that, that plays throughout all of the episodes. So what'd you, what'd you think of uh, Bruno? It's kind of like the, like combined, they're like Peter Parker. He's like the other half yeah. of Peter Parker yeah. <laughs> in a way. Um, but yeah, I, I liked the dynamic they had and obviously having him being able to uh, bring some gadgets and things into the mix helps, but uh, yeah, I liked him. I liked the actor. Yeah, I felt uh, the same thing. This is where like I started to suspend my like my first I think reaction to the show, where I was like, "This is just a kid." Like, how is he now talking about you know like quantum physics and all? But then I'm like, "Wait a minute, we're in we're in Marvel and we have Tony Stark's in there. We've got like you know um, the sister of um, the Black Panther. You know, like we've got like really smart you know people in here that do this kind of stuff." So I just kind of that's where I let it just wash away and go forget it. It is what it is. He's just a super smart kid. Right. And um, yeah, as far as, again, I feel like he slotted in with the whole like good relationship with her. And I agree with what you said, uh, Greg, I do think that she, the, the lead, what was her name again? M Aman Milani. Aman. I think she was great. And uh, you're right. I think that she brings a genuine uh, quality to the role and the people around her, they just, they all work together. Like I, you buy the, the, the feeling that Bruno is, you know, pining for her and cares for her more than, you know, but I mean, he sees like your best friend and he's there to help her as much as he can and stuff. And um, yeah, I thought he, I thought he was good. I, I liked him. And you know what else I liked a lot was the, um, the eighties vibe of a lot of this, this stuff, a lot of throwback. I'm, I'm assuming the director just loves 80 shit because uh, there was like the, the one, the first one I noticed the most was the um, adventures in babysitting dance that she does when she comes into the house. Oh, that, right, was kinda, yeah, yeah. that was kind of cute and then uh and how he was and how uh, bruno was always dressed up like marty mcfly did you notice that he had like yeah, the, yeah. oh no wow the red uh vest and stuff i yeah, thought it was yeah. cool there was a lot of like little kind of 80s nods in there as well as the music for some of the stuff too but yeah so. frank would have been barfing <laughs> <laughs> um uh it, it's funny how uh, uh it took you a minute or two just kind of accept how smart Bruno was. Uh, but, uh, I immediately accepted that. What was harder for me was the fact that he was in high school and apparently had no parents, had an apartment and did he own a convenience store? I, I know. I don't, I don't understand, understand that either. That. I don't understand that either, but yeah, you never see his parents. Does, is there a mention about his folks? There's a, there's a throwaway line about like how they're never there or something. Right. right? Yeah. Well, and like later on, he has a, um, uh, a scene with, uh, with Kamran who, uh, is introduced in, in the second episode, um, where Kamran says, you know, you, you know, you don't really know what it's like to, to be uh, an orphan or something like that. And, 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 uh, and Bruno kind of says something to make, to make you think that, that he kind of does and maybe that his parents aren't really around and he's, is just living on his own, but social services would have been all over that pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, there were, um, there were a couple things in the first couple of episodes that I thought were going to lead to something because they made a big deal out of it. Uh, but then, uh, nothing ever came of it. Like when she left the, those power gloves that he had invented in, in the bathroom at AvengerCon, like on the floor, cause he had created these gloves for her, for her cosplay uh and uh what did they do again did they just light up or something i think they just yeah lit up or whatever and you know there was a seat you know they kind of focused on her leaving them on the bathroom floor 
yeah. at AvengerCon, and then he was like freaking out that she had left them in the bathroom, and then they never touched them again. And then there was uh, a scene in the the mosque where Nakia had her shoes stolen, and someone said that they, there were twenty two pairs of shoes oh, that yeah. had been stolen, but it you know there was really no they never went back to to that as, at all it just seemed like a like a weird thing just to put in the show hmm. it, maybe, maybe the next marvel big bad will have like 22 legs and <laughs> uh, and it'll have those power gloves yeah there, there you go there you go <laughs> <laughs> i think you get i think uh, you guys should draw that character <laughs> let's do or, it dax let's do it yeah let's do it <laughs> And uh, yeah, so the second episode is when uh, the parents start talking about Bon Jovi and how much they they love uh, his music. Uh, they 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 said a, a nickname for him, which I never heard before. Uh, so the something kid, I can't remember, uh, but uh, the, that that was a that was a deep Jovi dive that um, I was I was not familiar with. Uh, they're one of those bands from the eighties that I never really got into. The- they were like one of the only ones I got into. Oh, really? I was more of like a hip hop rap guy in the, in the eighties. Um, like my first tape cassette was, uh, my two, first two tape cassettes were cool Modi and, uh, LL cool J. So it was like, nice. I was more that down that path. Um, but I remember an, a babysitter had slippery when wet on cassette and played it while we were. And I was like, I literally borrowed it from her and listened to it in my mom's van all day the next day. Like uh, that was a big album for me for sure. Sean Bon Jovi history. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to make such a big deal yeah. about the Bon Jovi, but the- uh, I mean, it's not. I don't really have an attachment, but obviously, the Jersey thing is. I assume why he that particular artist is being focused on. The uh, um, the only Bon Jovi that I really really enjoyed was uh, his solo work on the Young Guns Two soundtrack. That's a good soundtrack, like yeah. Blaze of yeah. Glory and Billy yeah. Get Your Guns. That's that's some good stuff. Um, so in, uh, we get a little bit more of, uh, of damage control in, in episode two, where they're, they're, they're kind of grilling Zoe about, uh, trying to find out, uh, who, um, nightlight is. Cause that's the, that's the name that the, uh, the, the people of Jersey city have, have given to, uh, uh, Kamala's uh, superhero character. Get, get uh, a little bit of racism from, from damage control in this episode. And, uh, I guess it, it kind of uh, pairs a little bit with this is kind of when we get uh, um, our first like history lesson about the partition with India and Pakistan and 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 like the essentially like the the war of of you know if you were a Muslim or or you weren't and uh, and uh, how that religion just kind of divided everybody and um, I, I did a, a small. Uh, Google search uh, just about it, and it seems seemed to be pretty damn terrible at yeah, at the time. I mean. And uh, something pretty intense and something very heavy for uh, for our, our Marvel show to get into. I mean, yes, you know, we saw people get shot in the face and things like that, and um, there was uh, similar, um, not really similar, but uh, um, in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it uh, you know. Um, there was like a, like a class struggle, like people that had come back from the snap and had nowhere to go and how they, you know, were almost viewed as like second class citizens and stuff like that. But, um, but this was, uh, um, you know, especially when they were showing a lot of like the actual, like 
historical footage of 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 what was happening and 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 kind of the flashbacks when they were telling the story it was i i felt it to be uh very heavy um but kind of an integral part of of of, of the series and and um and the whole, you know, Muslim religion and all that. But uh, so, what did you guys think about about how they kind of added in a, a lot of the the real stuff that that happened with Pakistan and India? I uh, I loved how the uh, the great grandmother's backstory long before you see her. I think it's hinted that um, there is like you know some kind of connection to the power, but also the grounded elements of the partition. And uh, the the post colonial India, um, that that was my favorite stuff of the series was the partition. Um, I, I'm somewhat familiar with the partition. Um, I, I've seen it depicted in uh, in other movies, um, and I have uh, I know people who are really into history. Um, I have friends who are uh, Indian and Pakistani. I grew up in a community with a lot of. Indian Pakistani uh, friends at school. And um, yeah, it was, uh, I thought they did, you know, being an they outsider. Handled, they hand, did they handle it well from your knowledge of that? I think You're- so. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there, it, it reminded me of, um, there's this uh, Indian Canadian filmmaker. Wait, I want to make sure I get her name right. Um, oh, uh, Deepa Mehta. And I was really into her movies in the early two, early two thousands. She has um she has a trilogy, um the Ele- elemental trilogy, uh, fire, earth, and water. And uh, Earth is this like epic, romantic movie um, that has uh, it follows groups of uh, it, it follows this core group of friends who are they're young and they're in love, and uh, some are Hindu, some are Muslim. Um, and some are Sikh and throughout the movie in the background, there's always stuff going on. There's uh, horrible atrocities being committed um, between the different, um, between the different cultures and, uh, and creeds. And uh, the ending is just so heartbreaking. It's uh, the end, it ends during the partition and it's probably one of the most brutal, like sad endings, but it's a beautiful movie. And um yeah, I I loved the depiction of just e- even the scale, the scale of like the train yard and seeing all the people. Am I jumping ahead? Is that episode nope. f- five? No, no, you're, you're all right. Okay. But all it's, right. It's, it's all part of what we're talking about. Yeah, it was it, it was very cinematic. Um, yeah, I think I'll, I'll leave it at that for now. Um, yeah. So as we as we move into episode three, we kind of discover where the bangle is from and that it's Cree um and that uh uh there's a group of people that are looking for it uh and they kind of introduced them originally as they were like uh the the jinn which uh is is part of the you know the the, the history of uh, of that culture um but they're more they they kind of reveal themselves to be a group of characters called the clandestines which uh um I was not too familiar with them. Uh, I know they were created by an artist named uh, uh, Alan Davis back in the early nineties. It's kind of like, uh, um, they were just like a, a group of super beings that, uh, um, for me, it felt, they felt very similar to the Eternals. 
Um, so I, I was actually kind of surprised that they, they went in this direction because like, um, you know, people are aware of, of inhumans in the Marvel universe. And now we're, we're dealing with the Eternals, and I was kind of surprised that they kind of introduced another group of, I guess, uh, interdimensional super beings and that it's been it, here for a thousand years. Kind yeah. Of thing. So it, it's yeah. kind of a lot. Um, and that part, uh, was a little bit uh, confusing to me. I didn't quite understand who they were or, uh, if they were part of the multiverse, but it didn't seem like they were part of any kind of a multiverse. So they, they, cause they didn't say that word. They, they kept saying that they were from another dimension. Um, but again, it was just another group of people with, with powers, that uh, um, I, I felt like um, a lot of the issues with a lot of these Marvel shows is that um, as we, you know, go into like the two episodes in, in India, I like there's, there's a lot of travel that takes place uh, between New Jersey and India. And, and, you know, there's, there's not a lot of time in these episodes to really um, flush out the story the way uh, I, I think that they need to. And um, I think maybe having eight episodes, uh, if they're going to do the sort of thing. And I, I think Moon Knight suffered from that as well, where they, cause they were going from continent to continent and introducing so much history and backstory that, you know, maybe an extra couple episodes might have, have worked well to kind of, uh, you know, flesh out that story. Um, but uh, yeah, I was, I was, I, I wouldn't say I was lost, but uh, I found myself as we move into episodes four and five, um, uh, I think uh, although those ones were, uh, I thought they looked the best. Um, I felt that those were the ones that I found to, for the most part, to be the least interesting. Or, or, and I think that was just a cause of them really rushing that story because you know we'd spent three episodes with a specific group of characters, and then we only had like a, an episode and a half to deal with uh, a whole bunch of other new characters, and then. Uh, three quarters of one of the episodes was was like a flashback to uh, like Kamala's great grandmother, which kind of, um, although that was like uh, it was it was a nice little meet cute, I guess, uh, for for those characters and kind of uh, introduced them uh, that way. But I felt that uh, it kind of took away from the 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 rest of the story arc of of Kamala's journey, um, having to go go into. So as we talk about those two episodes that took place in Pakistan. Like, uh, what did you guys think about, uh, those, that part? Well, now you're getting into some of the stuff that I, I was kind of lost at points. I don't like, I feel, and I don't know how you guys feel about this. I feel like almost every Disney plus series starts off pretty strong. I'm kind of into it. Then there's a middle part that I get a little confused. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll keep watching this. And then by the end, I'm like, yeah, okay. They, they finished it. All right. But like, yeah, that, that middle section, I really did not understand. Correct me if I'm wrong. There's a point where the clandestines are, friendly with kamala they kind of like she is one of them that's, in some way i feel like that's a but ruse then just to they not turn kill her. is that what it was because then they turn villain pretty quick yeah i think and, when, once and, yeah. they realize that she's not just going to give them the bank i think i think they literally gave her like one night to like help them out and then when she's like i don't know if i want to do this they're like give us the bangle like kind of thing right like you're right sean i agree like they i think it was just so that because they did it kind of as a cliffhanger for, I think, episode two or something where it's like, hi, come, little girl. We're all friends. You know what I mean? We're one of you. 
and then yeah they, they turn right away like when they come after them at the wedding right but yeah so sorry continue yeah, no, like that, that's, uh, I, that's kind of, uh, how I felt the same as Sean did. Like it's, um, I had a lot of trouble trying to figure out the motivations because, yeah, they, they did go from saying, Hey, help us. Uh, when, and when Kamal found out that, you know, maybe by helping them, it would actually do a lot of damage to earth as they were getting home. And, and it was immediately like, well, you know, now we're just going to kill everybody, <laughs> your whole family, just to try to get this back. And although I thought it was, it was, it was probably, uh, it, I thought it was a really good action sequence, uh, uh, in, in the wedding, uh, before they head over to, uh, to India. But that kind of, um, there's a, there's a scene towards the end of episode three where Kamala is battling them and, and, uh, there's a, uh, like a strike to the the bangle and then her and the the leader of the the clandestines kind of see the the train uh in like the 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 vision and uh um and that kind of sets us uh, to why uh she has to go to uh Pakistan to to speak with her uh her mother but like so in in all these scenes where um it's kind of like like a rip in in time where she's having these flashbacks it's the same effect that they used at the end of uh doctor strange uh um do i want to call the movie in the mouth of madness that's not what it's called <laughs> uh, the, the multiverse, multiverse of madness. of madness um uh in in the uh in the post credit scene when clea shows up and she recruits doctor strange to come help her and she kind of cuts a hole into like the space time thing it's the exact same effect so um again like they they continue to use a lot of the same things to um really to, get, to tie into each other um but uh but yeah like so it was the 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 pakistan stuff is when i kind of started to uh get a little confused i, I wasn't really quite sure who the red daggers were yeah uh, they throw and, another group in there and it's just like what is going and, on and, like she seems super upset that the one guy died and she had known him for <laughs> like maybe an hour and a half and uh so uh, there was a lot going on that they really had to push through to get them uh to a point where they could get to the finale and the more i think about it, i like I'm not sure we needed to see so much of the the story of her great grandparents on the farm and 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 all that stuff where the, where how they how they met and um I mean it tied into the whole partition where um you know like uh no one would buy things from his farm anymore and and no one would sell milk to his wife because of uh like the the religion that they wanted to be a part of and it did kind of tie into that and, and gave us a little bit more of an explanation of 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 what it might have been like but um i did i did find that it, it took too much time to it was drawn out for yeah, sure yeah i mean just to uh, introduce us to two characters that beyond that scene at the train station I don't know how important they really were to the overall story. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, you know, that section I really liked and it kind of stands alone as its own little short film or whatever, but I, I agree. You're dealing with six episodes. There's a lot of stuff going on. I, I yeah, definitely could have probably used like a seventh or eighth episode in this series. Yeah, you know what? I, I feel the same as Sean in that um, the stuff with the great grandparents was actually my favorite part. Like, um, I think it was, but it was the majority of 
episode five. Yeah, I believe was uh, I think it starts in 1942 when they're still under the um, uh, English uh, rule. But um, I think the big thing with this series, the probably the biggest problem is that it has the villain problem. Like when you first meet the clandestine, um, you don't know they're villains. They kind of play it up like, oh, this is you're getting a little bit of history as to her origins, her grandparent, her grand great grandmother's origins. But um, yeah, they turn really easily. But even they are, they're kind of like a weird choice in villain. And uh, the depart the the damage control, they're kind of generic. They're not really all that strong or interesting. So I, I think I think it was I was glad to have a break from the clandestine stuff because it was so so out of left field or just not developed that I liked the I liked learning about the great grandparents. But yeah, the clandestine thing is very weird. I, I did I know I bought some clandestine comics because I was buying number one issues of everything sure. in the in the nineties, right? Yeah. And I do know about the uh, of Alan Alan Davis because I think he tried bringing them into the X Men, and the X Men was the, was that was my playground in the nineties. Like that was I was collecting everything X Men adjacent, and so I'm wondering if this is Figi again trying to kind of l- lay down a little bit of groundwork for how he's going to introduce the X Men. Kind of, I don't know. Because I know it, it didn't work in the comics. In the comics, they tried to tie clandestine to Excalibur and the X-Men. And it meant nothing. Like, I have zero recollection of the clandestine. And well, I, I owned the comic. And I'm like, I have no idea who the hell they are. I'm, I'm looking at the the cover of, of the first issue of the clandestine. And they're just the most boring-looking heroes, like... Like one costume is all red, including a red cape. That's and all then, I remember is a yeah. lot of red. Like and one guy is all kind of like silver and white, and yeah, they, they're just terrible designs and uh, just not at all interesting at all. Sorry, Alan Davis, I do like your art, but yikes! <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, um, you're you're definitely. Like, I mean, maybe I'm jumping ahead here, but the, the mutant thing at the end definitely seems like how they're starting to work X-Men. And I just don't know yeah. if the clandestine clandestines are actually part of that. Um, yeah. So like the, the, I mean, the red daggers are, are big in the, the Kamala Khan, uh, run in the comics. Like, uh, but you know, they, uh, um, I, I was kind of surprised that they shoehorned them into, uh, this early stuff. Um, she did have that throwaway line where she was kind of battling and cause he said, you know, typical American. And she said, well, how do you know I'm not Canadian? Yeah. Um, and you know, the actresses, um, the, the clandestines did have a pretty easy escape from the supermax detention center of damage yeah. control. Like, like was- <laughs> or for, and they knew they were super, like, uh, yeah. what, what, uh, what do they call them again? What did he call her in the interrogation? It's the term that they call, all enhanced enhanced yeah. yeah so they knew they were enhanced to some degree right because they needed the damage control troopers to knock them down with their guns so one guy is 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 walking them with chains through the hallway like it makes no sense right like yeah whatever it, yeah whatever i i did like um like it did 
Um, Kamala Khan and her, her costume, like throughout the show, she gets little bits of things that kind of build her costume throughout the series. Um, like, you know, she starts off, you know, the, the, the red tights and the running shoes were what she was originally wearing. Um, and then, uh, you know, she gets, uh, the, the mask from, from Bruno. And then when, you know, she's in, in India, she gets like the, the red scarf from, uh, from the daggers. And of course, in the last episode, when uh, she gets the, like kind of the chest armor piece of her, her costume. And I kind of liked how she kind of built, uh, her, you know, her, her costume is kind of put together slowly throughout the series. And it's just like little bits of pieces from, uh, the, the different people that she meets and the steps that she takes along her, her journey. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, and then, uh, yeah, like, uh, as much as I did enjoy, uh, in episode five, where we got to see the, the whole train station sequence and with the number of people and, and, and getting the, the, the little girl to her father to get onto the train and, and how they kind of fulfilled that, that story that's been told, uh, over a, a generation of, of how she got onto that train. Uh, one, like, uh, uh, the little girl's uh, mother, Aisha, Kamala's uh, great-grandmother, she gets stabbed and dies in front of a lot of people, and no one even bats an eye that she's bleeding out on this wooden cart as people are walking by. And maybe that has a lot to do with what's going on with everybody just trying to get onto the train. But uh, And then um, no one also seems to notice the uh, the flashing blue lights in the darkness yes. as, as the little girl finds her way to her father. But again, no one even really pays attention to, to any of that. And, you know, maybe it's just everybody was kind of focused on themselves and, and getting out of that train station. But just a, a couple of things that I know that if I saw some crazy blue lights or a woman getting stabbed, I would, I would probably notice that. And, and, uh, instead of just continuing listen, on with my journey, listen, Greg, I've got a, I've got a saying for you. Uh, that is now traveling across multiple shows. Okay. And this one is going to be edited into TV license. <laughs> That's TV license right there. Um, I, I agree with the, the lights. I mean, that's again, TV license, but at the same time, the, the, her getting stabbed, I felt much more kind of like I could see her getting just left behind with the, the, hysteria of right people trying to get on this train right i will say it's sad that this i mean obviously i thought it was very um emotional and like impactful vi uh, visual that i thought it was shot really well with the just the three trains and like how many people were on them and stuff and it really made me feel like how that like holy shit like that must have been crazy back then right like people are probably just gonna like have to sit on the top and like all that kind of shit and but one of the first things i thought of was like fuck where, are they, where do they pee? Like, where do they piss on this giant journey? Like, if you're packed in, like, cattle, like, what are you going to do? Like, are you just peeing on the floor? Like, what's going on? Like, you're not finding a bathroom on that train. Well, you you get one of your family members to hold on to you, and you just hang out the window, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. But, yeah, so, I mean, it, I, it definitely did a very good job for me of putting me, like, I kind of like historical things like that that make me go, like, what would it be like to be in that time? And I feel like this did a, a good a job of kind of giving an outsider that doesn't know anything about that historical event, a very impactful visual as to the, the terror that that must've been, you know what I mean? 
Yes. Yeah, my uh, my son, who's a big history buff, while we were watching that episode, and um, the gra- the great grandmother gets stabbed, he was like, "Oh, like um, they say there's no official reports, but because of all the chaos, but he said that um, up to two million people died during the partition and uh, the exodus into what is now Pakistan." So, I mean, with her getting stabbed, I'm sure yeah. a lot of people were trampled on and yeah. there was a lot of violence. Apparently, there's a lot of sexual assault that happened can, on the trains. Yeah, I and, can imagine. Yeah. Like, it was in the 40s, too, right? Like, yeah. Like, like, that's like the time when people didn't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like, there was no repercussions for anything. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm some, you know what I mean? Like, you could, you could walk by and shank somebody in a crowded train and, and walk away, and the chance of you getting caught for that are probably next to nothing, right? Like, back then. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, I know uh, Disney Plus has the uh, assembled shows that usually air like maybe a week or so after the finale. I want to see how they did uh, Karachi, like the present day Karachi, and then all the flashback stuff, because um, it, it looked really good. I thought it was some of the most cinematic stuff I've seen in uh, yeah, it looked good. the MCU, maybe in the last little while, <laughs> like including film and uh and uh disney plus yeah i agree and uh i believe it's the end of uh episode five where kamala's mother and grandmother discover that she is the one that has uh the the powers and that she's she is the nightlight as they call her um and so episode six uh super fast flight direct from pakistan to (laughs) new jersey Uh, we're back already um, and, uh, I mean, obviously people travel very quickly in the MCU. It's, a, am sure that earth <laughs> is much smaller. Um, and, uh, we kind of also, uh, uh, um, the, the episode six kind of centers around, um, the, uh, explosion, uh, at, uh, at the, the, um, convenience store and damage control is, is after, uh, Cameron and, uh, and so that's their, the whole episode is kind of the try to get Kamran out of the city and, uh, and away from damage control. And that's when we, uh, end up at the, uh, the, the high school, uh, for our final showdown. And we get a tie back into, uh, the, the cool animation at the beginning where Kamal is kind of drawing the plan on the chalkboard. And so we get that tie back to the first episodes. Um, uh, I did enjoy that the, the mom, made uh kamala the suit uh because you know she had already made the uh the uh the hulk and big hulk and little hulk costumes earlier in the <laughs> series and uh, she's obviously very quick uh with that sort of thing um again ties back to that earlier episode where um uh, bruno was at the house and he was heading home and and she said well let me pack you up some food to take home and and like 30 seconds later she had a, like a bag of like six takeout containers full of, of food so uh, this woman works fast mothers uh, are quick at that shit though when it yeah. comes to take home food they get it to you quick man. super moms um and then uh we kind of get this plan uh to to help Cameron escape uh it's straight out of home alone yeah i, uh-huh. I was getting home alone vibes <laughs> as well yeah Um, so uh, like I I was like, I really enjoyed the first three episodes. Uh, um, I was a little lost in the second two and I kind of like four and five, it kind of took me out. Although I liked 
certain things in that. Um, uh, I think uh, the first, I, I think a good chunk of the last episode um, for me uh, was a, a little too kitty. Um, but uh, there was other stuff that I did like uh, as well. Um, I, I did enjoy as the, you know, as they were setting the plan and then Zoe kind of pops up and we get a, a pretty good explanation of why Zoe is in the high school already. Cause she says the, the lighting in the theater is good for her TikToks. So we got, <laughs> we got a good explanation of, of why that character is there. Um, <laughs> and then the brother shows up unexpectedly and he said, you know, I went to high school here too. And mom, mom and dad asked me to come look out for you. So we got, kind of an interesting explanation of how he ends up in the school. And then they set off this big plan that involves fire extinguishers and softballs and uh, matching school hoodies uh, to battle against uh, a very uh, um, well-trained force with, uh, with like very powerful sonic weapons or whatever they're using. But uh, uh, so what did you guys think of the like the, that final uh, battle scene inside the school before we go outside? I liked like just it. Home alone. Oh, you liked it? <laughs> yeah. I liked it. Yeah, I, I, was, I, 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 liked, it was I agree. I agree. I like the playfulness of at that point. I was kind of like, um, actually, well, I'm going to preface this by saying I actually, again, I'm an emotional baby when it comes to anything these days. So <laughs> I actually really enjoyed the lead up to that. I, again, to the emotional connection of the family. I really liked the, I, I, I did write my notes. Um, this film had very, a very a turning red vibe to it, to me, like what okay, kind of yeah. every, everything kind of works out and people love each other and, and respect each other and give each other a chance. And, you know, once we're hard edges, now they're soft, you know, like that kind of vibe. And uh, I really enjoyed when she she told her family about her powers and how supportive they were of her and stuff. And it was just a, it was a sweet moment, you know. Um, and then, of course, the, the, I love that where she showed at that point, it just piggybacks to the giving her the costume, which I thought was very cute and very great. And I like the design of the costume a lot, actually. But they did. I thought they did a really good job of making that costume look like a real outfit in a, in a cinematic thing as opposed to being a spandex type, you know what I mean? It felt right. real, you know? Um, and then of course, uh, the, at that point I was kind of all in and the, then the, the fun back to the, I love those, di- the digital animation graphics uh, of like the writing and like the, the planning. I thought, I thought it was very playful and fun. That whole, uh, the whole sequence in the high school I found fun. Um, yeah. That was it not believable when it got into the home alone stuff, but I really liked the planning of it. I thought the planning was a lot of fun. Sorry, Sean, I didn't mean to cut you off. That was just one of my favorite parts. No, I agree. I really liked it. And I mean, not too much else to say other than, yeah, it was just creative and fun. And, you know, it does still end up with a bit of a big CG battle at the end, which these things always do. But I appreciated that at least they had that before it. Um, I, I felt like uh, uh, this show... Um, with like Marvel humor, you know, like every time we get together and we talk about these shows or these movies, we, we often talk about Marvel humor and whether it was good or bad. And, uh, if you want to listen to someone go off about bad Marvel humor, go listen to the <laughs> Thor love and thunder episode of the film junk podcast and listen yeah, to it's, a good one. It's, a good it's, one. it's, it's not Frank, but what's, what's Frank's alias, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. Eddie yeah. yeah. But, uh, I felt that for the most part through these episodes, um, I thought the humor like fit in whenever they decided to use it. Like it wasn't 
overdone the way it was in in Thor: Love and Thunder, and like like for example, when uh, when they're just about to get their plan to uh, in the high school, and uh, Kamala's brother is uh, talking to Kamran, and he's like, "Oh, so you're like our cousin, eh?" And and you think that he's gonna get mad that uh, you know he you like lied to him about being part of the family and Kamala's brother says like, do you even like British bake off? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so it kind of does like a little bit of a swerve there, but again, like I kind of felt, I, I found that, uh, kind of cute and, and funny. Like it, it wasn't laugh out loud, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't some of the egregious Marvel humor that we've been getting. Uh, but I did enjoy, uh, uh, the humor, uh, throughout the, the series. Like, what did you guys think? Yeah, you know what? I um again, it, it reminds me so much of well, the current Spider-Man films. Like the ensemble is so strong. Uh, I find you know the supporting like you know adults in the main characters' lives, like the teachers and the Spider-Man films, are always really funny. I found uh, I found the Iman at the mosque was really funny and clever. All all the adults, like aside from the damage control, they're not idiots. They're actually, they're on the side of the kids. They're super nice. They're really funny. I like how they bypass the trope of having the, uh, the secret identity from your friends and family pretty early on. I mean, episode six, I think begins with you finding out that the mom pretty much told everyone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. Like, you know, it, it, it had to be like proud, right? It's, it's not yeah. as big a secret. Yeah, exactly. Which, which is really refreshing because, you know, I, I felt that anxiety with Peter when like, you know, reading the comics when like Norman Osborn would just, you know, tie him up and he would be flying by the window outside with the, with his clothes tattered up and the spider suit showing and Aunt May's just watching TV. And you're like, don't look, don't, don't turn around Aunt May. You're going to have a heart attack. If you see Peter is actually Spider-Man, you know, like I love that the family is supportive and they're all in on it. Um, yeah, again, I think the best thing about this series, one of the best things, is definitely the ensemble. Uh, the humor, again, works really well. Um, yeah. I uh, like I, to... Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. No, no, okay. I'm, I'm good. Uh, just to add on to that, I like that... Like, I agree. Like, I mean, I wasn't dying laughing at any of this stuff, but I felt like it wasn't offensive, like you guys say. Like, they did a good job at doing the classic Marvel humor. Amon was good, I feel like, with her kind of quick quirky kind of like comebacks and like uh, whatever she would say was kind of cool or was, 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 was good. I will say the one that was hyper aware, I thought was actually pretty smart was the, actually the only time I actually enjoyed the uh, CDC people or whoever it was, was when um, she goes, this is what happens when people like this get powers. And the guy goes, what do you mean these people? And she goes, kids, like, <laughs> like very aware that like, that was something that could be said and, or, you know what I mean? And, 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 and how they kind of nip that in the bud, but all within the pro- process of that scene, uh, I thought was pretty smart. And um, just another example of how aware this show is and trying to uh, make all these social awareness uh, things fit into this universe. So I, 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 I like it. I wanted to bring that joke up. We also uh, like throughout the the series. We know that Bruno has got uh, he's got a crush on on Kamala, obviously. And then we get that that quick scene of uh, him kind of catching her and Kamran right before they kiss, and we kind of see his heartbreak mm-hmm. on screen. But uh, he recovers well, and 
Brutal. Poor kid. Yeah. You know, Poor, have, we've all been there, right? No, I know. I just have. you, just you. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. You haven't seen two, two teen superheroes almost make out one that you're in love with. And then the other guy who's like super attractive and British just breaks your heart right in front of you. <laughs> I have so, not had that experience. No. I have had exactly that. Yeah. So, uh, Cameron decides to go outside and kind of face um, damage control himself because all of his friends have already been uh, captured except for Kamala. And, uh, you know, he kind of starts doing the, the, the violent stuff. And throughout that uh, episode six, like we saw a lot of, of, of him, like just acting out in anger and Kamala using her powers to protect you know, the, the innocent people from, things that uh cameron uh, is doing and uh you know he gets shot and she puts up the the big wall and they have this this uh uh this talk and he's like you know they're never going to accept people like us uh you know uh you know it's never going to be normal and uh and kamala says you know there's no normal um there's just us and what we do with what we've been given and uh I thought that was a really good line because it it obviously reminds you of with great power comes great responsibility from Spider-Man. Um, but it also like, I think when I first heard that line it I immediately thought that, um, that this is going to tie into mutants and, and X-Men somehow. Cause it, like for me, it, it always, that kind of discussion of, of what common was saying was like, you know, they're never going to accept people like us and that That's is very magneto a, a, a total yeah like an, an x-men trope throughout the comics that the years of all that and and charles xavier was always like you know like we have a, a choice of of how of what we can do and and which will affect and how people see who we are and uh but i thought that was a really great line and i thought she delivered it very well and uh like it m- might have been one of the more poignant things of the whole of the whole series. Um, and then shortly after that, she opens up a hole in the ground, which clearly is an underground direct route from the high school to the Harbor. <laughs> so for, so Cameron can escape, but, uh, I thought that was a really cool line. Um, and then, uh, we got that really great scene of, uh, of, of all the, the people of the town coming in and protecting Kamala and even the, even the local police kind of stood up to damage control. And I thought that it was a really cool scene to give her time to uh, escape and, and get out of there. And, uh, it, it, it kind of, um, you know, took like a, a silly battle and kind of really made a, a good ending out of it. Um, as far as, uh, you know, uh, delivering a, a message. So what'd you guys think of the, the end part there? thought it was solid i mean i agree that uh i i guess just you know where her character goes and how she kind of remains uh i mean comparisons keep coming back to spider-man i mean that's kind of what it is and and i keep thinking she's going to be a great addition to the avengers with once you get a group of people together you know what i mean because she's going to be young she's going to be inexperienced but she's also looking up to the other avengers like uh, that same kind of dynamic is going to be there and i think that's going to be uh something to look forward to i think her appearance in the marvels as well i think will be a really good indicator of how she how her character really interacts with some of the more powerful uh 
characters in the MCU. But no, I, I think uh, I think she'll fit in quite well. Um, Nuno, what do you think of the of the finale scene? Um, yeah, I I I like the stuff that happened um, outside the school um, with uh, with the de- Department of Damage Control. Um, I like that stuff a bit better than the Home Alone esque stuff inside. Um, I thought it was a bit creepy that Zoe has so many TikTok followers who are like uh, oh, yeah, old, old men. dudes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all, all, I the guys, that too. all the guys at the gym. Right? Yeah, I was like, I, like I, get, I get what they're trying to do. She has a million followers, like, but like, yeah, that was. Yeah. I don't know why they chose that. I agree. Sorry. Yeah, I, I know. I know. I know. I know where the, I know they needed to have a reason for everyone in her like orbit to show up at this thing, but I mean there's a 24 hour news cycle. You could have just been like, Holy crap. Something's happening at the whole, at the high school. And everyone would be like, Oh, Kamala's there. And you know, they'd all start, you know, they could just text each other and say, Oh, let's all go. But whatever. I mean, it is what it is. Um, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I liked, I liked the way the battle wrapped up, how everyone kind of came together you know, Jersey proud or strong or whatever, you know. And then uh, I like the scene with her dad at the end. Are we there yet? Or are we we're, still we're not quite about there it? yet? Okay, all right. I'll I'll hold on to that then. But, but um, uh, yeah, so like uh, this is also is uh, is the first time she used the word embiggen, which is how she kind of describes her powers in the comics, and and that's kind of a uh, a big thing for fans of that character. Um, again, more more fan service, but at least they they kind of. Uh, tied her powers more into the comics from what we originally saw when the trailers first were, were coming out of this show. Um, that's, you know, when she had like the, the tall legs and then the big hands and then the tiny head and that, uh, so uh, that was a cool moment when she, you know, used that word. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so she escapes and then, uh, yeah, so we get back to the the house and, uh, and, uh, she, uh, Wait, goes and sits before, on her, before we do that, can I before can I just mention my thing about the fight? I wanted yeah. to say I like the use of the, and I'm not sure if it was, but to me that's what it, it harkened back to was the use of the, um, what's his name, Hulk, the Hulk that's not in the MCU, or that they tried to redo with what's his name when they went and did it, he had like his blood went into the pop in Brazil. Oh, he was the, living in Brazil. the the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, the or, Incredible Hulk. Remember yeah, right, those yeah. like the Sonic gun, like the one that was on the truck when it like. I know it's not oh, the yeah. same, but it was that sequence in the Hulk where they're shooting like the Sonic thing to slow him down. And when I saw that thing open up, I'm like, oh, I bet you is that supposed to be the same gun type thing. But uh, I'm not sure it was because they didn't do the whole like holding her down with the like the one, 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 one thing. But I just thought it was kind of cool that uh, that the, the use of that Sonic Tower gun thing. Yes. Um, and. So, so we uh, we kind of wrap up the, the story with uh, which I, th- I thought was a great scene between Kamala and her her dad sitting on the roof, and he kind of explains to her what the the history of her name is, and uh, and why they named her uh, what they did, and uh, that conversation kind of leads them to uh, her her actual name of of Ms. Marvel, although they don't actually. Uh, refer to her that in the superhero term, but you know, her dad does uh, refer to her as their own little Ms. Marvel because Kamal means Marvel uh, in, in, in the language. Um, I thought that was a great scene uh, between those two actors. Um, 
it was a good way to wrap up the the story. I I think uh, um, I think the 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 character of the of the dad uh, Yusuf. I thought he was pretty much awesome throughout the the whole series. And uh, uh, spoiler for when we get to favorite secondary characters, but uh, I, I just <laughs> yeah I, I thought that scene was 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 really great and it was just a real natural conversation between a father and daughter and uh i i i would even say that it was that it was heartwarming well i mean i agree like when when she says she loves him at the end and hugs him like it feels like that like she actually does love him like it was was, was, i agree it was really sweet yeah I, i like that naming as well like that being the origin of her name compared to the comic, which I read after watching the show. And I was surprised that it's basically just because she, I guess, is a fan of Captain Marvel and she's doing this thing where she takes the form of the old Miss Marvel. So that's just who she is. But like, this works much better. I think. Nuno, what'd you think? Oh yeah. Um, I was going to say, I, I like the, uh, the reveal this whole time. Because their parents, you know, um, aren't even aware of the fact that there's like another. I, I think the dad says something about like. I, oh yeah, because you said he, you named me after I, I share the same name yeah. as Carol freaking Danvers, and he laughs yeah. and says, "I don't know who that is." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that that part was amazing. That and then the, yeah, and prior to that, the revelation of uh, what Kamala means was amazing. Yeah, that was a cool scene. I'm yeah. glad, and I'm actually glad. Like, I feel like they handled it fairly well. Because it, it, you you would think that they would just literally go because you saw it coming right like it was like okay what is my your name means um um and he's trying to find the word and you're like oh please don't say marvel marvelous or something like that but then he doesn't he says like perfection and then he starts kind of stumbling on it and going well you know da 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 uh, something else and marvel like we mar and marvel you know it's it's marvel and then that's when she goes oh my god are you kidding me so I thought it was handled more subtly than uh, just kind of going, your name means Marvel. Oh, you like that? Cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. They took their time getting to the reveal and and what felt like a very natural way in the conversation. And then uh, we get like the, the the finale shot of her sitting on the, uh, the street lamp, which is comic book accurate. Yeah. Very famous uh, drawing of her sitting on that uh, lamp. So a good way to tie uh, up the series. And then we have like the first stinger, uh, which is uh, um, Bruno and Nakia. Uh, or Bruno is driving uh, the the car that Cameron left behind, and uh, Nakia gets out, and they find uh, um, Kamala, and uh, he talks about going out to Caltech, and you know it's only a forty three hour drive away, and uh, um, we get a good scene with like the three kind of best friends, and and then we get the moment where. Uh, Bruno says, Hey, you know, I was looking into more of, uh, of, of your stuff, you know, comparing it to your brothers and common cause common wanted to know if he had powers too. And, but there was something, uh, within your genetic makeup, it was kind of a, and there's a pause and he says mutation. And that's the first time we get that word in the entire MCU. And there's also the the guitar riff of the X Men '97. Yeah, they, they did theme a little song, guitar thing, yeah. The, 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 the X Men '90s cartoon theme yeah. that they play in there to really hammer home that uh, this is the reveal that you know Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel, is the first uh, you know recognized 
mutant in the in in the MCU, and it's kind of a big step. And um, again, uh, I thought uh, a very cool way to really introduce us to uh, mutants and, and the X-Men into the MCU. Like they kind of teased it with Dr. Strange, you know, having uh, Patrick Stewart in it, but this was really uh, the moment where, um, you know, now we're going to start to get uh, mutants. And um, the one thing I wanted to ask, like, so now that we are here, do you think that there are other characters that we've already met that might be revealed to be mutants? My um, comic knowledge shows me no, because I think they've been very careful as to what heroes, like, there aren't, we all know who, like, like you guys have said since the beginning of the show, is that, like, mutants is a very X-Men, that area of comic books, like, those, you kind of know who those characters are, you know what I mean? So I think, unless, like, I don't know the comic back history of all these characters that we've seen in the MCU so far, but as far as I all know, they're from my role-playing game experience as a kid, they're either altered humans, which is your Spider-Mans or your cosmic people or your high tech people, right? That's how they do enhanced, right? The, this part of the Marvel universe. So I don't think so. I don't yeah, think there's we, any mutants in there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Wanda is the only character that we've already met, but you know, we all know the whole thing with Quicksilver and Wanda, how they, 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 they walk this fine line where yes, they were introduced in uh, the original X-Men as villains, but they were also members of the Avengers. So we've already met her. We already know her origins. We came from Baron Von Strucker and the... Uh... <laughs> Does your, what's your dog's name? Chester. 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 Chester needs to have like a little thing that happens whenever that, like like an audio... Like it's like, hi, I'm Chester. I'm drinking. Because <laughs> like right. every show you're on, there's yes. one moment we don't get through it where there's he, not a thirsty he, dog he, in the back. He needs a song like an entrance and exit like music. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. I'm um, Chester, the thirsty dog. So, so we we've had the uh, like throughout a lot of these movies and television shows, we've had instances where we assume are regular people doing pretty fantastic things. So let me throw it out to you. Uh, uh, Aquafina's character, Katie in Shang-Chi, when she takes that, you know, never really shot an arrow before does 10 minutes of training and, and nails <laughs> the creature. Baby Katie is a, is a mutant. And we'll, we'll find out that she has some sort of a, a mutant power um, that is good with aiming. I don't know. But she did say she was a good driver, so you know maybe that could uh, <laughs> tie into that sort of thing. But there's 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 countless stuff that they could go and retcon in, and uh, like uh, maybe uh, Peter's friend Ned, you know, mm -hmm. like uh, you know, cause he was really uh, able to adapt to that uh, magic stuff in No Way Home. Um, so maybe there's there's something there that uh, he could be. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, what they what they do with uh, the mutant stuff, or if it's just going to be uh, now we're just going to get introduced to all those characters that Fox used to own that uh, we weren't able to see before. Yeah. I am interested to see how they do that, how they bring them in. I, it, that's it. It seems like obviously everybody want, I want to say I'm definitely on the side of wanting to see the hybrid, but because they've been apart for so long, like when I heard the word mutant, it did feel strange. Like it felt for like sure, not not part of that universe. You know what I mean. So it'll be interesting to see how they, if they do manage to bring them both together. You know what I mean. I uh, I, I thought that uh, um, 
it was somehow going to tie into uh, Wanda's hex bubble around Westview and all the people that passed through it. Because, you know, we, we saw that... Uh, well, it happened to her, right? Monica uh, Rambeau. Yeah, like she uh, ended up with, with powers after that. So I, I was curious if they were going to tie that into it some way. Uh, but, you know, maybe not now. So, Sean, I mean, you... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Sean. No, I was just going to say that, I mean, clearly it seems like it's going to be a slow build to the right. X-Men. I mean, if they're, you know, planting the word mutant or mutation as the first hint, I mean, they're going to take their time, I think. Yeah, they're not going to DC this shit. Let's hope they don't DC this shit and just make a, you know, JLA in like a, a year. You know what I mean? Where like the X-Men and, and the Avengers are fighting off the Kree or something like that. Like, I don't know. No, thanks. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think they, they know that, you know, like the Avengers worked so well because of how they slowly built the team and all that. And um, so, you know, I, I think the X-Men and mutants in general, is going to be another slow build. Um, it, it almost, it does feel like they're not really following that with the fantastic four. Cause um, you know, we haven't seen anything yet, but we already know that there's a movie coming and uh, they're saying that at Comic-Con, they're going to announce the full cast and the director. And that's going to be the last film in phase four. Uh, which is only like a couple of years, like two and a half years away. So, you know, I mean, there's been so many failures with that, that superhero team. Um, I kind of hope that they, they take their time with it. Like they should. I agree. I agree. Wow. He's very thirsty. (laughs) thirsty, Um, And then, so we, uh, did anybody have anything else to say about mutants? Um, I, I always thought that um, because, you know, it'd be weird if the mutants were only started existing, like, you know, in the current MCU, like, timeline, or started, like, spawning, because, you know, it kind of negates, like, the history of, like, Magneto and Xavier having, you know, had this struggle that kind of, like, um, kind of mirrors, like, the time it came out which is like civil rights kind of thing, or, you know, at mutants equals, and, you know, insert the, um, you know, any kind of people, uh, you know, minorities going through a struggle, different philosophies. I, I always thought the multiverse and kind of the Loki thing with the, the branching of the universe kind of thing happening, or it seems like all the movies since then, don't really tie back to that break in the multiverse that happened in Loki. Like the only reason we saw the multiverse in Dr. Strange was because of America Chavez and um, in Spider-Man, it was, you know, because of a Dr. Strange spell that kind of like backfired. So I, I was kind of hoping that after Loki, there would be multiple timelines and within one of those, one, one of those timelines would be a universe where, there are no Avengers, but there have been X-Men. Or and maybe Fantastic Four. Exactly. Yeah. As, as we saw snippets of. But again, it doesn't seem cohesive. It doesn't seem like... like how, how do you drop Deadpool into the MCU and say, this is Deadpool 3, and you can't negate the first two Deadpools, right? Right. Because if you're going to bring in Deadpool, you have to bring in Colossus, and you have to bring in... Yeah. Um, What's the name of the little girl with the the long name? Negasonic Teenage Warhead. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you're going to have to bring those characters in as well. So, yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they get there. Um, this could actually, every time that we do one of these Marvel shows or a Marvel movie, we could actually uh, play a game of a, uh, who's going to be revealed as a mutant that hasn't been yet. <laughs> so, um, so, so the MCU X-Men are going to be like, just random, like randos people who just like yeah. w- walked into a force field. Or yeah. like- they're just, you know, just be random people. And then the, they'll just the show up later on in one of the X-Men movies. There's actually a podcast that I listen to um, that does a lot of pop culture uh, reviews and stuff. And, and the host, they play a game of uh, secret scroll. Because uh, in Captain Marvel, we saw, you know, that the scrolls were impersonating uh, people and and then uh, uh, one of them being uh, uh, Nick Fury. Um, and so, you know, the, every time they do one of these Marvel shows, they have a discussion of which character did we meet that is actually a scroll that will be revealed later on. Because we know there's like a secret invasion television show coming uh, with Samuel Jackson and where, you know, we're going to get the scrolls again. But uh, that could be our game of... Uh, Who's, who's the secret mutant that we're going to uh, get revealed later on, which then now we, we get to the final uh, post credits scene at the end. Uh, Kamala has a uh, return from being uh, outside, being a superhero. She's in her costume and uh, she collapses on her bed and her bangle glows. And then she gets warped out and crash it into the closet. And then from the closet emerges Brie Larson, um, new sleek costume with three quarter sleeves that I thought looked super cool. She's got a new haircut. Um, she looks around the room and then uh, realizes she's in a, a child's room. That is obviously a, a, a dedication to her. And then we get the, the, the title card at the end saying, uh, uh, you know, Kamala Khan will return in, in the Marvels. So obviously the, the bangle, uh, as I had talked about earlier, how it belonged to Captain Marvel, how you, he could trade places with people. I think that's kind of what they're doing with the bangle and that, uh, um, something triggered it. Uh, I, like I, I kind of paused uh, on the episode to see if Carol was, uh, wearing the other one. She wasn't in the episode. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see where they go. I think it's, uh, a year from now, the Marvels hits theaters where we'll see these characters again and kind of continue this story. Um, but, uh, so what did you guys think of the, the, the post, uh, credit scene? Uh, Dax, what'd you think? I, it's funny because I have, I think on episode four, because as soon as I saw the credits rolling all these shows, I would just be like, okay, next one, next one. But I was noticing there's like five minutes of like credits or something. So I'm like, am I missing a whole bunch of stingers here or something, you know? So (sighs) on the final one, I was like, maybe there's something left. And sure enough, I, you know, actually by accident, I I fast forwarded too far and skipped. And then, of course, it reset the play and I couldn't see it and I whatever. So I said, I'll just watch it online. So I actually watched the only one I could find online was like a handheld camera of somebody oh. watching it and giving like a review of like what they think it all means. Right. Um, so I, this is stuff like why she's connected and, and, and like teleports to like her, like some people were saying like, Oh, they think that she becomes her, but then other people say they trade places because they both have a bangle or something. They're supposed to be two. Where's the other one? I'm leaving this to it's, I have no idea about this part of the the universe and how they're connected. So I'm just going to let wait and see how that plays out. I mean, I I didn't 
I liked her her new outfit. Didn't she have like a kind of like side braid on the side or something like that going on and stuff? Yeah, like the new costume. Uh, I said I mentioned that it had three quarter sleeves. I, I like yeah. the new look on it. Yeah, and uh, like. I think I'm one of the only people that really likes Brie Larson in that role. I mean, the Captain Marvel movie was was fine, um, but you know she seems to to get a lot of hate. And again, it's it's online hate. It's all online hate, and yeah. uh, which is you know people really shouldn't pay too much attention to. But uh, I think she's really good in the role, and I'm kind of looking forward to seeing her uh, interplay with uh, Kamala Khan. I mean, like she kind of had that cute scene in Endgame where she meets Peter Parker. You know, and she says hello, Peter Parker. And, uh, so I think we might get that kind of a relationship, uh, with, with her and Kamala, similar to what uh, Tony had with Peter. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it uh, and seeing where these characters go. Um, Nuno, what do you think of the post credit scene? You know what? Um, only today on the podcast, when you were giving the history of Marvel, like I, I remembered Marvel, I remembered the graphic novel they did when he got cancer and died, but I didn't know about the bands and the swapping places kind of like Donald Blake and Thor. I had no idea that existed until now. So I totally think that you're on the money. Something happened with the other bangle and they swapped places. I think it would be cool in the Marvels if uh, if Kamala Khan finds herself like, you know, in some crazy other far off galaxy, World right? Or something like, like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know. Um, so uh, yeah, looking forward to that. I mean, uh, I, I've liked I've liked the cosmic stuff in the Marvel universe so far. Um, I, there's been some nice touches here and there. I know they've been talking about a uh, a Nova, either series or movie. Um, I know we saw their home world in uh, the first Guardians. So um, yeah, and didn't again, Th- didn't Thanos blow up that world too? Oh, you know what they they, they mentioned that he uh, well he would have. Did he, he killed half the population. Right, right. But 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 it was it was before the snap, so yes. it's, it, it was kind of like the Asgardians, where it's like it sticks. Like he 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 did it with the power ring. He did it. He did it old school. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's right. We'd probably have to see that world again. I forgot what it's called. Yeah. It's not Nova Prime, is it? Uh, Nova Prime is uh, the Glenn Close character. Oh, right, it's the character. Right. Yeah. 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 It has, it has nothing to do with Nova. It's just like a cool spacey sounding planet yeah. um sean what'd you think of the post credit you know it was i thought one of the better ones in terms of like a cliffhanger that i'm actually like huh i actually want to see what that means and and what that's going to lead into uh because you know a lot of the stingers are just kind of like little jokes or you know just oh here's a character that you might see in another movie but like they're not i don't know they don't they don't do much for me but this one i was like okay i'm interested so it was kind of cool i, I, I want to see carol go down those steps and then meet kamala's family <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> all right so uh overall uh what uh let's uh uh wrap uh wrap the the discussion of the show up uh what would you uh what would you rate this bad boy out of uh five and we'll start with uh sean I think it's one of the better Disney plus Marvel shows. I, I would probably give it a four out of five. Dax. Yeah. I'm in agreement with Sean. Didn't think coming in, I was going to like it, especially after episode one and the long break, but yeah, came out. Uh, Got to give it a four. Nuno, what are you saying? I was struggling between three and a half and four, but I mean, 
the villain thing is definitely an issue in, in this, but I think it's a four as well. Yeah, like it, the show was a roller coaster for me, um, um, like all of these shows are. But uh, you know, I like that. I think I think that four is is a good number for the show. So let's uh, we'll do the clean sweep of uh, fours across the board as we uh, jump into our superlatives, and we'll start with uh, the favorite secondary character. Uh, for me, easily it was uh, uh, Kamala's dad, Yusef, uh, played very well by uh, Mohan uh, Kapoor. Uh, I thought he was great. Uh, like his his interactions with his daughter, I thought were fantastic, and um, just a uh, just a, a really sweet guy. And I, I thought uh, I thought he was my my favorite secondary character. I will uh, give you the flip side. I will say Kamala's mother, uh, Muniba, who I thought you know she very relatable as a sort of like overbearing mother, but like you get to see underneath it all where some of the concern comes from and some of the things she's had to go through. And uh, I thought the performance was great. Dax. Yeah. um, I, for me, it's a tie and it was Byron or is it Byron? Bruno, 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 Bruno. Bruno, You're like comrade mispronouncing his name. name. (laughs) That was that was actually a pretty funny joke because I mean I found it hard to hear because I had my AC on so a lot of the dialogue was quiet and then but so I didn't I missed that he because I'd hear him say Brian Brian can you help me and I thought it was funny because that joke actually landed for me where he says you've called me Brian three times or whatever my name's actually yeah. Bruno um, or actually I don't even think he says it he just finds out through a proxy but I thought Bruno was 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 good like as a, as a secondary character and I like I did dig his relationship with uh, um, Kamala but I also really dug the uh, i'll say uh, a three-way tie with both parents i thought the mother and the father very relatable you felt like they did a great job with like their connection with kamala and the show and like um like i said when it first starts out is like a lot of stereotypes in there of like what you think the overbearing parents are um and then to see them soften and stuff like that it was done well i thought and uh and it it was believable let's say so i i like that i like them nuno favorite secondary character um, there are so many to choose from, but uh, I ended up on uh, on Nokia. Um, I really liked how feisty and rebellious she is, how she kind of challenges the the societal norms of, of her religion and her heritage. Um, I I know she gets sidelined in the middle of the series big time, but um, I just yeah I thought she was awesome. I like how you know on the flip side, uh, well not flip side, but she's kind of different from uh kamala where yeah she um she's she's challenging what what people expect of a muslim woman um you know she dresses in like uh designer like you know fashion she's proud of her hijab which always like matches her ensemble she buys expensive shoes even though they always get stolen at the mosque and and i like how she uh she gets voted on to the uh the council probably the, the first woman in her mosque to uh, be part of the council. Yeah. And I liked how in the end she, um, she was like the last to be in on Kamala's secret. And they kind of had that moment in the school before uh, the department showed up. Um, yeah. She was a really, really cool character. I thought the performance was great. Uh, great actor. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think that character uh, has a much bigger role. 
uh, in the comics as well. So if this comes back for uh, a season two, um, I would imagine uh, we'd get a little more of the of the Nakia character in. Um, all right, so let's go with the recasting. And uh, uh, Nuno, we'll we'll start with you. Uh, who who would you choose to recast and with who? Okay, <laughs> so. I don't know if you guys remember, like he's only in a few scenes, but um, the, the principal is so hip and he's so like happy. And, you know, I'm, I, I, I grew up in the eighties and I'm like, shit, like, like our principal is supposed to be a dick. Like I want, I want to see Ferris Bueller's principal in there or a breakfast club principal. <laughs> but then, I mean, cause I'm like, that's how, that's how my principals were. They like my principal probably didn't know my first name, probably didn't know a thing about me. But I think of my kids' principals today and their current one. And you know what? She's actually, she's young. She's very hands-on. She's very, um, she's actually doing a job. And I think the principals that that I grew up with were like just entitled dicks who didn't do anything. (laughs) So I'm like, at first I was like, okay, this, this, this principal is too hip. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm jealous of all the support that these kids get. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, fuck it. Put in, put in the Ferris Bueller principle for that. Nice. And Dax, what about you? Um, okay. So I, I picked my person for recasting, but I didn't pick anyone to replace them. So sure. really at, at this point it can be anyone like, we right. can have some fun with this, but uh, I felt a very forgettable and probably the worst uh, character in this film was the female lead agent for the yes. COC or whatever. That was my like, choice as well. Yeah, <laughs> right, she's wow. just she's pretty yeah. brutal. I mean, it's not her. I mean, it's, I'm not saying she's a terrible actor or anything like that. But I was like, it just it was the one that felt the least genuine in the show, um, uh, least on screen presence for me. Um, and whoever did her fucking design her clothes for the show, like those. She literally, what, what, who does I think she looked like? Damn it, I had a legit uh, comparison with like her flood pants and her boots. She literally looks like a character that, I, oh, fuck, joke ruined. Anyway, forget it. Uh, her costuming was, was kind of weird at one point, too. It, like, oh, was it maybe Fifth Element ish or something like that? It looked pretty Fifth Element ish. But anyway, um, yeah, her. I didn't, I, I felt like she was not my favorite in the show. Yeah. Sean. So you, you picked uh, her for the recasting. Did you have someone in mind? Yes. So I think this character's name is Deaver. Is that right? Yes. That's what we're talking about. And so I picked Janet McTeer who plays Helen Pierce on Ozark. I don't know if any of you have watched Ozark, but oh, she's yeah. kind of like oh, the, she the, the lawyer? badass lawyer. Yeah. 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 See, you know, she'd probably be a lot more commanding. I agree. Sean, good call, bud. That is a good choice. You know, like I, I, uh, I, uh, like you, Jax, like, uh, that was the one character that I had, had picked that I would, uh, recast, but I, I struggled to find, a, a an actress that would take on, uh, uh, a role like that. So, um, as always, I, I have, I've decided to, uh, recast, uh, Bruno, uh, and, uh, I believe he should be played by, uh, Jim Parsons of the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> That one may be the closest to actually working so far. 
Um, all right, let's go into our, our top five moments uh, of the of the series. Uh, I'll start uh, uh, for you. Number five, uh, I thought the uh, the the YouTube opening credits sequence and, and the animation I thought was really cool. Uh, number four, I picked the uh, the fight with the clandestines in the in the wedding hall, uh, especially when it started in the kitchen. Uh, when uh, Kamala tried to get all the kitchen staff to to leave, and they didn't until one of the kitchen staff got assaulted, and then they all they all kind of went, nope, oh, nope, not for me, and then kind of all took off, and then they had that uh, uh, that cool sequence where um, I liked how she used a lot of her powers to bounce off of things and slide like along the floor under things and, and use it as like a propelling motion. Uh, I thought uh, that was really cool. Uh, number three was the, the, the wedding scene, like the, 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 after at the reception with the dance, I thought that was really cool. Um, number two, when she finally says the word embiggen, uh, which is uh, kind of her catchphrase in the comics. And then number one uh, for me, was an easy pick the, the chat with her dad on the, the roof of the house. It's a respectful, respectable list there, sir. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll jump on, I guess. Um, and we didn't even mention this, but I thought it was amazing. <laughs> um, top, my, my number five was Brown Jovi. Oh, yeah. yeah. Brown Jovi, for sure. <laughs> That's wedding, on the, my list, too. The wedding, yeah. the wedding singer band yeah. uh, at the wedding was Brown Jovi. It was hilarious. They're like, uh, yeah, it was funny. Like, <laughs> the, 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 sign they had behind them and everything was just like straight out of fucking high school. It was in the font. Yeah. Yeah. Um, number four was the look of her power and the footsteps. Like I like that. I mean, I don't know the comic and if she does that, but I like the idea of like, that's how she gets around is by like levitating on little stones of, of this thing it was kind of cool. Um, number three is a bit more sentimental, but it's like the fact that I've written down here, but like just like in Moon Knight, we had a taste of it where they had the Egyptian superhero and they make reference to that in, in the story. It's like, oh, we have an Egyptian superhero? That's so cool. I'm like, I can only imagine what it's like for kids now watching this stuff and actually seeing representation like on the screen. And that may sound cheesy or whatever, but I just think it's a really cool thing. Like it's, it's a pretty important thing, I think. And I've, I'm glad they did it so well in this show. I thought they did a good job with it. Um, uh, number four would be the family happy and proud scene. Um, the suit delivery to her. It was just a very good at that point in the show. Uh, it, like I said, it hit me in the feels and it was a very nice kind of like uh, turning red, happy ending ish before the big combat sequence. I really enjoyed that, that, that sequence there. And my number one is the actual look of her suit um, at the end. I thought the, like I said earlier, I think they did a good job at taking the comic drawing version of the suit and making it an actual something that somebody can wear. And it and it look like it's look like it's hodgepodge together, but at the same time not looking like a pair of like you know spandex pants and you know stuff like that. So I thought it looked good. Nuno, what's your top five? All right, number five: uh, the fact that Scott Lang has a podcast. Nice. Um, I I hope they delve into this in uh, in uh, Ant Man and the Wasp: uh, Quantum Mania. I think it's called. Um, yep. Number four is um, the animation through like visualization of like text messages. Um, especially there's a scene where she's on her bed and uh, she's texting someone and her text come through or the whole text string comes through as, uh, as embroidered on her bed sheets. That was pretty cool. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 But, but part of that is also the, um, the opening and closing credits. I think these were my favorite uh, opening credit 
opening and closing credits. The only ones I watched all the way through, they always paired up a different song uh, for the for the, the closing. Yeah, yeah, the so intro the and intro the closing. As well, it was always very different. Which yeah, I liked yeah, a lot, yeah. And uh, in episode five, it was in Urdu, and it, it flashed different colors. Um, and yeah, the ending I loved. At first, I didn't know how it felt. I felt about it, but I started watching the end credits all the way through, and all of the uh, all the um, street art and uh, graffiti, how it was animated, and how it was like actual animated panels. I think from the comics looked incredible i thought it was great um number three kind of along the lines of what dax mentioned um there are two puns which i loved uh brown jovi is one of them <laughs> and the other one which is probably i don't know why i just laughed out loud when uh when you're kind of getting the character dynamics of uh of all the people in the in the, in the mosque there are all the illuminantes oh yeah <laughs> like the antis yes. yeah because it's like an like Pakistani people called it, you know, all the, all the women in the community are, are, are aunties. So Illuminantes, I, I was almost in tears laughing at that. I don't know why it just got me. Um, number two is just the overall likable ensemble cast. Um, yeah, I just, there's no, like, again, there's no star power in this series, but you just believe that her family and her friends have this great chemistry the whole dance sequence. I, I want there to be a prequel kind of like in the vein of, of fame where it's like, it's, it's hey, after school, we all got to audition. Well, not audition. We all have to uh, learn it's the choreography. Dance, yeah. yeah. Right. That would be a sweet series. So um, number one is um, all the flashback stuff with the great grandparents and the whole, like, you know, um, the whole time conundrum, I was kind of like, oh, you know, we've seen this done before, but the payoff with the photo in the end, when she gives the photo, the only photo of her great-grandmother to her grandmother, that was, I got the feels during that. So Great choice. Sean, what about you? Uh, I got to go number five, High School Home Alone Showdown. <laughs> uh, number four, Avengers Con. I just thought that was a cool idea playing into the whole idea that she's a fan of the Avengers and the whole post comic book kind of reference thing. I just thought it worked really well. Uh, number three, the cast in general, but also uh, Aman Villani. She's, she's just perfect in the lead role. Uh, number two, the animated graffiti doodle visual style, whatever you want to call it. Just thought it was just a real nice touch. Uh, and number one, the partition stuff, uh, particularly the episode five, uh, first half or whatever it is, I thought was really strong and, uh, and, uh, yeah, some of the best stuff we've seen potentially in, in the MCU. So now we gotta, we gotta rank all of the shows now, Sean, I'm assuming you've seen all of the shows, right? Yes, I have. Well, no, I haven't seen What If, so if we're including that, it won't be I I did not put it on the list to include, uh, because I I think that would probably be near the bottom on on all of our lists, so, um, but, uh, all right, so we've got uh, WandaVision, Falcon Winter Soldier, Loki, Hawkeye, Moon Knight, and uh, and Ms. Marvel, Um, so if I'm going to rank these for my uh, favorite to my least favorite. Um, I think I would go 
um, WandaVision, then Hawkeye. So this is, sorry, your favorite to least favorite? Yeah. Oh, so your top is Wanda, eh? Yeah, I really liked WandaVision, and I really liked Hawkeye a lot. I'm a Hawk guy. You are. <laughs> um, and then I would go, uh, I think, Loki and Ms. Marvel are very close. Uh, and then Moon Knight, and then last would be Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And as always... You guys reserve the right to change these rankings whenever you want, because I'm pretty sure this is completely different when we rank them after the Moon Knight podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, did we rank them after the we after did. Moon Knight one? Oh, okay. I don't remember how I ranked it, so it's probably very different. But uh, yeah, the all rights reserved to change the rankings whenever you feel or whenever <laughs> you see fit to do it. Way to save, way to save ourselves some street cred there. That's right. Um, I will go with uh, my number. F- I'm going five worst or the least favorite to favorite. Sure. So my least favorite would be Wanda Vision. Uh, I really like literally fell asleep in the last half of that series. I had, did not care for it that much. Uh, Moon Knight would be my fourth. Um, I don't know what you're talking about this Falcon and I'm, I'm going the Falcon and Winter Soldier, but I'm going by the email that Greg sent to us. Yes. So I believe yeah. this is Falcock and the Winter Sold It. Yes. Um, yes, is my uh, is my third. That's what happens when I type on my phone. Because <laughs> a small keypad and giant thumbs are a terrible combination. That is awesome, though. Um, uh, Loki at number, I guess, yeah, there's six. So yeah, yeah. so Wanda, Moon Knight, Falcock, and the Winter Soldier, Loki, Miss Marvel, and Hawkeye is my number one. Nice. I you were also I, a Hawkeye. I'm a hot guy. I, I, I like hot guys. Um, the the I thought that show was great, and of course Florence Pugh just put that right over the top for me. I'm in love with that girl, and uh, uh, her being her character being in that show too just kind of gave it that a, a extra little sauce for me. So that's why I still I, I, I bet it was my number one before too. That's probably yeah. Nuno, what's your what's your top six? <laughs> okay, uh, number six. I have Hawkeye. Sorry, guys. Uh, oh, yeah, this, move, this guy's like Hawkeye. <laughs> number five, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Number four, uh, this is tough. Like number three and four could be interchangeable, but I have Ms. Marvel. Number three, I have Moon Knight. Two, WandaVision, and one Loki. You love Loki, yeah. Yeah, this is this is weird because, like, to me, none of them are amazing they're all pretty close. And even when you look online, like everybody has different, totally different lists. Like they're all over the place. I guess WandaVision usually is near the top, but I'm a Hawkeye. My number one is Hawkeye. Nice. I just, I just think it's the most kind of straightforward. Like I didn't get overly confused at the plot. I liked Kate Bishop quite a bit. Uh, just had a lot of fun. Like the Christmas vibe. Uh, number two, Miss Marvel. Number three, WandaVision. Uh, number four, Moon Knight. Number five, Loki. I kind of st- still feel like I should like Loki more than I actually did. Maybe one day I'll revisit it. I don't know. Wow. And Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I also thought I was going to really like that one, and it just was okay. It's, I don't know. didn't uh, blow me away by any means. No, like uh, like... There were some great action sequences in Falcon and Winter Soldier, but uh, for the most, or Falcock and the Winter Soldier, um, <laughs> it, uh, 
but yeah, no, it it definitely uh, uh, missed the mark on uh, where I was hoping the show would go. I mean, uh, I just although the the information and and the idea was very poignant about you know Sam Wilson not being able to get a bank loan, but I don't really watch Marvel shows for <laughs> financial institution situations, you know. But uh, so, but yeah, uh, I think I think a lot of people would agree that uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is is kind of lower on most people's lists but uh that's the show what a, what a almost two and a half hours of uh of talking about ms marvel what a great podcast uh, thanks so much from uh for coming on the show to talk about it uh nuno where can people find you oh you know what i'll make it easy i have an online portfolio nice with, with links to my socials sorry dax i'm, I'm totally i'm stealing your bit it's, do it no <laughs> it's uh <laughs> it's nuno p so it's n-u-n-o-p dot com uh it's my online portfolio and links to all of my uh, social media um, smart pages. dax what about you and your patreon yeah I'm, i'll just uh you can find me at daxgordine.com um but yeah i've got a patreon that just started so we've already got some great members that have signed up uh from the podcast community so it's uh, patreon.com slash daxgordine sean just uh, film junk. I'll, I'll throw in another little plug for my comic, my indie comic, GardenCity.GumRoad.com. You can get the digital copy or print version if you're so inclined. Yeah, check it out. I saw that as a big party. It was, it was cool. I got it, Sean. Right on, brother. Uh, TV Junk Podcast on uh, Twitter, Ball Junk Podcast on Twitter, Gasman Lives on Twitter, and uh, Ball Junk Podcast on uh, Instagram if you want to see photos of Chester the Thirsty Dog. Uh, <laughs> that's all that's on there. Uh, but I, I'm going to have to get some video of him drinking water because clearly that's what uh, the people want to see. Um, so next episode... Uh, Sean, you gave me that great idea for the bear and it is showing up on Disney plus on August 3rd. Oh, nice. So I think, uh, that'll be the next episode. Uh, um, it's always good to, uh, get a little break from, uh, a lot of this pop culture stuff because, uh, the next month and a bit is, is she Hulk attorney of law. It's uh Sandman. It's uh, rings of power. Like there's a, a lot of stuff. So we'll, we'll get, uh, we'll get a half hour cooking comedy with starring Maddie Matheson. We're going to do that for the next episode. So, uh, thanks for checking out the show and, uh, see you soon. You can watch Mr. Rogers. You can watch three company and you can turn on fame or the newlywed game or the Adams family. Say you can watch Barney Miller and you can watch your MTV and you can watch till your eyes fall out of your head. That'll be okay with me. And you can watch. You can watch Johnny Carson. You can watch Phil Donahue. And you can use TV Guide to help you decide with a capitalized review. Say you can watch 60 Minutes. Captain Kangaroo, but there's only one set.